big beat manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. This is contagious. This is outrageous. This is contagious. Listen, love, just a little tip, all right? You're on the edge now, and you need to pick the right way. Because one way's heaven, and the other... Well, probably best not to think about that right now, but it's fucking horrible, yeah? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the El Dude Brothers podcast, episode 17, Shrooming. My name's Sean, and I've never seen the face of Jesus in ravioli. Hi, my name's Laura, and the only banging that I can hear is this banging track. Yes, this track is banging. Absolutely banging. How are you? I'm doing good. First off, I just want to apologize to all the El Dude Brothers fans, all three of you, <laughs> for for the lateness of sectioning. But on the plus side, you're going to get two new episodes this week. Yep, so that's good. That's something to keep you all amused, hopefully. Have you seen how many people have listened to mugging? No, what are we at? 404. Oh, wow, that's amazing. That's beyond my wildest beliefs. Like, uh, I remember when I used to get excited when 40 people would listen to an episode, and now we've got 10 times that. That's amazing. Great. Excellent. Well, see, it's it's all working. It's all coming good. These are the fruits of our labors. Oh, I know. It's amazing. I'm so excited. The eclipse on the 21st, exciting news over there, or do you guys just not care because you won't see it? Yeah, we won't see it, so we don't care. Is it a full... Is it a full eclipse of the sun? Is that what it is? Oh yes, it is the first. It is the first eclipse in the United States in thirty-eight years, I think. Oh really? We had one when I was thirteen. Yeah, in nineteen ninety-nine, we had one, and it was amazing. Like it was really weird, and I do remember it being really exciting. So it is. It's something that you should be excited about. Yeah, the big thing here is that everybody, because you, you know, you cannot look at the eclipse directly. Yeah. No, or, you have to use a viewer or put a hole in a bit of cardboard or whatever. Yeah, so there's a there. The big thing now is these things called eclipse glasses, and mm -hmm. they're like super high in demand. And at my other job, which is an optical job, you would think that an optical company would have the would have had the foresight to carry eclipse glasses, but we don't. To the point where we actually had to put a sign on our door that says, we do not sell Eclipse sunglasses. And then we also, on our voicemail recording, made a note that we were... Oh, really? Yes, because we were getting... Wow, there was that much interest. Well, I don't know that it's, you know, a national interest. I mean, I, I have no idea what, you know, the national level of interest is. But where I live, we are... 15 miles south of the path of totality. Right. So even where I'm at, it's going to be 99.5% coverage or some mm -hmm. shit like that. There is a lot of interest in the eclipse right now. And there's a town that's about half an hour north of me called St. Joseph, Missouri. And St. Joseph, Missouri is when you look at the path of totality, which the path of totality is a, is mm -hmm. the path where you're going to see 100% sun coverage. St. Joe is almost the, the dead center, so you're going to have the longest totality view, and St. Joe has been working for two, like this oh, really? eclipse was first started getting talked about like two years ago, and even, yeah, even the most fleabag ratty motel in St. Joseph, Missouri is going for like 300 bucks That's a night crazy. right now because there's just so much demand for people to be in St. Joe they're project yeah they're projecting eight to ten million people in saint joe tomorrow it's fucking insane wow i know when um 
when that we had it here, it was the place that you could see it best was in Cornwall, like right on the, like right to the west over there. And yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, my cousin is actually driving down here from Wisconsin because in Wisconsin they're only going to get about 80% coverage of the sun. And so him and his friends are driving down here. My The place where my brother-in-law works is right on the edge of the path of totality. So they're going to be going up that way and they're going to be watching the eclipse tomorrow where he works. I really, really am bummed that I can't join them but I'm just scared with how crazy traffic yeah. might be. So normally I could get to my brother-in-law's office and back in about an hour, but who fucking knows tomorrow? It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be bumped on for I expect, but uh, it will be worth it. It is a, it's a massive thing, and I do remember it very clearly, even though it was like 18 years ago that I saw it. So you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um... <clears throat> Do you want to talk about, did we talk about leftovers on sectioning? Yes, we did, yeah. Okay, all right, well, don't want to discuss leftovers again. I was going to mention the Robert Wood, um book that with the with the article in The Guardian. Oh, yes, uh, I read that. Um, do you want to talk about that after we're done with the episode? I don't mind, yeah, whenever you want me to talk about it, I will talk about it. Uh, I, well, let's go ahead and talk about it now, that's fine. Okay, so yeah, there was a very um, touching article in The Guardian yesterday, on, yeah, it was in Saturday's Guardian, about, uh, there was an extract from Robert Webb's upcoming memoir, How Not To Be A Boy, which I've had on pre-order on Kindle for ages, but I kind of had it on pre-order thinking, ah, oh, this will be interesting, but not, I wasn't like massively excited about it, but having read this article, it genuinely made me cry. I thought I couldn't believe how touching it was, um, and I can't wait for the book now. Uh, it was talking about, is, I'm not giving anything away to say that his mum dies. His mum died when he was a teenager, when he was in the sixth form. And uh, he is talking about going to a careers fair, or like a university fair on the afternoon of his mother's funeral. Oh. And he was talking to the lady from oh. Cambridge and she couldn't believe that he that was at his mother's funeral that morning. And it just like, it just really got me. I couldn't stop crying. You know, because the first, the first part of the excerpt it is very dark and probably would have fit into our discussion of a child called it not not quite not quite on that level mm, yeah definitely he had a, he had a quite abusive, quite abusive like his dad sounded like he was hard work and it was clearly some domestic violence issues and stuff going on at home yeah oh my gosh the part when he was talking about meeting the cambridge recruiter and oh i i just got chills on that part i just could mm. not believe how engaging that excerpt of the book was i yeah, and it's just so well written as well. It was, it was really you felt like he was he was talking to you, didn't you? It was really personal, and it felt really it wasn't chatty because it wasn't written in like a chatty way. But I don't know, just the way it came across was really personal, and it just it just seemed like his heart and soul had gone into it. So I can't wait to read the book now. Oh, I can't wait either. We will share this article on the Facebook page. Mm, yeah, it's really worth a read, and I don't know when you guys are going to get the book over there, but I know it comes out next Tuesday, the 29th for us Brits. So not long to wait for it now. I might just go ahead and just order it on Kindle. Yeah. Yeah. I expect that you can still get. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it was 
uh, amazingly well written and and legitimately touching. I always think that I'm I always appreciate how as a as a man my dad was not one of those people who was like boys don't cry boys don't do this boys don't do that my dad just kind of let me be me yeah because that's something that he examines doesn't he and the i mean the title is called how not to be a boy but it's about how men are encouraged or boys are encouraged to not show their emotions only anger and how that impacts the the boy the boy when he grows up to be a man so this next part will be a little bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear about this next part, just jump ahead like 20 seconds or so. But the part where he was talking to his dad about, you know, the grieving process. And he was like, you know, oh, I don't know why I can't motivate myself to do stuff. And his dad is like, well, your mom died. Yeah. And he's like, but that was a year ago. And his dad was like, it might as well have been yesterday. I just like, um not to get emotional and, and off topic, but I had a, I had a cousin that killed right. himself when in 2001 and God damn it, sorry. And, uh, I never really like mm. dealt with that grief and it took me a long time to process that grief. And I can completely understand like that part just really spoke to me. And I just, Oh, God damn. Like, fuck that. I, I'm really excited to read this book now. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great book. And I think it's going to speak to a lot of people about, like you say, that, that idea of not really dealing with grief and not really kind of being able, especially as a man, to to get a handle on how you're meant to be feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, at my cousin's funeral, I was pretty much the rock for everybody. And it was uh, it was very tragic and very very sad, and I just kind of had to be everybody's rock, so I didn't get my own, you know, my own feelings out. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't until probably seven eight years later that I finally kind of came to peace with everything. And um, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to make this fun podcast depressing, so I apologize. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but no it's um it's i got the feeling from reading just that that extract of the book that, that robert webb's clearly had a lot of therapy and there was a lot of as someone who's had a lot of therapy myself i felt like there was a lot of not like therapy speak but clearly he's it's long enough ago that he's come to terms with his mom dying and and the relationship he had with his dad growing up and he's able to talk about it in this really really eloquent way so i think it's going to be a really good book did you read the little q and a that was at the bottom of that article yeah i did yeah 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 he actually kind of talked about um because he actually uses um excerpts from his actual diary that he was writing yeah. in this book which i thought was so brave because oh. i kept a diary as a teenager and oh my god it's absolutely cringeworthy i would never share that yeah and they they ask um what it what it was like to write about his mum and he said, I was spending time with her again. This might sound ghoulish, but you're sort of reanimating these characters from your life. You're turning a person into a character, but there she is walking and talking. And I just thought that that was, you know, such an incredible thing to say. And, yeah, you know, I, I read that too. And I, I really thought that was not only amazingly insightful that he was able to talk about it like that, which made me think therapy, but also how true that is when you've lost someone and how talking about them is helpful because it does it does mean that you are, like you say, spending time with them again. Uh, highly recommend everybody just read this excerpt. If you 
don't like this excerpt, probably this is not the book for you, but I don't really read that many books anymore, unfortunately, but I am super excited to read this book. Yeah, I can't wait. And I, I, yeah, I'll be getting it on the day it comes out, so as soon as I've read some of it, I will talk about it. Yeah, hopefully, I think we should maybe... I think we should maybe pencil in like a month from now. Yeah. To to maybe talk about this book or maybe maybe we'll save the book for like our next bonus episode yeah. Yeah, or something seasons, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I definitely am looking forward to reading this yeah, book. Yeah, me too. Anyways, on to fun more enjoyable, happy fun discussions. <laughs> yeah. We've got shrooming. Shrooming. I did remember it was good, but I get as with all of these, really, I had I laughed much more than I thought I was going to. On like, God, it must be about probably a tenth watch for some of these, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Yes, I did too. Uh, one one problem I have with this episode is that I've never shroomed, so I don't know how accurate this episode is. No, no idea, and it's not. And I think I've written this in my notes somewhere. Actually, it's the first thing I've written in my notes for this is. Were magic mushrooms ever anyone's drug of choice? I don't know anyone who has taken magic mushrooms. I don't know where you'd <laughs> get them. I don't. So it's a bit weird, I suppose, that Jez is, is intent on having this magic mushroom party, but whatever. Maybe they are bigger than I know, and I've just not been in the right circles. I have a friend who did. Uh, him and I went to go see the rock band Tool. Right. And uh, he was just helping himself to big handfuls of. Excuse me. He was just helping himself to big handfuls of magic mushrooms throughout the course of the uh, concert. So that's my. So there, there are people taking them out there then. Yeah, yeah. Not just Jez. Yeah, I've never, like I said, I've never done them. I've only actually even seen them the one time. But I it... do know that the university, the Royal Holloway, which is one of the colleges of the University of London, which is way out sort of Egham over that way. Uh, their grounds are well known for cultivating magic mushrooms so that's I don't know if that's a reason some people go there but that's like or it might be an urban myth but this is something I've heard several times that the grounds of Royal Holloway are full of magic mushrooms so see I was always told that magic mushrooms grow on the underside of cow patties right yeah that could also be true that's grim but yeah oh let's see here where do magic mushrooms grow and over, oh god, I don't know. Think I want to click on this link without a <laughs> safe search on. Uh, oh, I, I've heard from many people who have found them in the UK. I live in Surrey, quite close to a huge woodlands area called the Abermeads. Well, yeah, Royal Holloway is over that way, so maybe that's like a hot spot in this country for magic mushrooms. Oh, this is this is on the davidicky.com forums. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, they're well known for talking a lot of sense over there. <laughs> all right i'm gonna get out of this before i <laughs> go down a rabbit hole that i can't escape from uh let's see so we have two deleted scenes in this episode one is very well defined in where it's placed the other one i was a little unsure of exactly where it fell into the grand scheme of things but whatever we'll cross that bridge when we get there yeah the first one is definitely an extension of the opening scene isn't it yes it is uh in the opening scene Big Suze is working at a diner or something like that? Yeah, she's, she's working in a cafe, which I thought was a bit odd because I suppose she's an actress, isn't she? We know that, so I guess she's not making any money from acting and she's working in a cafe part-time. Yeah, it was just it was just a little strange to me, though, because I figured Big Suze probably has a rich family and could probably afford to 
you know. Yeah, weird to see her waiting on people. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy brings her a bunch of flowers. For some reason, when I was watching this episode, I had it in my head that Jeremy had stolen these flowers off of a grave. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, or a hospital or something like that. But he doesn't mention it, so I just think it's one of those weird fever dream memories I had that doesn't really exist. Yeah, they're certainly a nice bunch of flowers. I'm not sure where mm -hmm. Jess got the money together to buy them. We find out that Mark is going to Frankfurt for that night. And Jeremy is planning a magic mushroom party at the flat. Suze, this next line she has, I wish I could do her voice properly because she sounds so fucking posh in this scene. She's like, Ooh, I don't know. Magic mushrooms? Sounds a bit scary. And just, oh, she sounds so proper in that scene. Yeah, she does sound very proper. Um, and she asked if she was still going to play the piano, which really made me laugh for some reason. Yeah, and Jeremy just is like, of course, Suze, they're mushrooms. They're completely natural. Nothing natural ever hurt anybody. That's a scientific <laughs> fact. Yeah. And she says that she doesn't really want to be doing them. But if it's something she doesn't want to do, she feels like maybe she should be doing that. Which, again, made me laugh because that's probably how I spent most of my early 20s was doing things that I didn't really want to do. But I felt like I should probably be doing it. <laughs> Oh, see, I wish I had lived my life according to the Big Sue's <laughs> doctrine. I probably would have stories. a lot more interesting stories yeah. about my 20s. My uh, my 20s were more like Jez's ideal day, which was watching the poker channel and eating expensive German biscuits. Except, uh, except you replace poker channel with World of Warcraft and German biscuits with jalapeno poppers. And yeah, we were on the same. Yeah, we were on the same level there. The um the extended scene is just it's just an extension of their conversation, isn't it? So, um, so it ends in, in the episode with Jez talking about yeah his ideal day. If everyone just did what they want to do, you'd just be eating those expensive German biscuits and wanking. You can't forget about watching the Poker Channel. Like that's important. And we're, oh, yeah, and watching the Poker Channel that's important. And then Sue's um he then asks how Stu is, doesn't he? Or how's the Stu situation? Yeah, and he was just like, oh, I I hope it hasn't gone from bad to worse and. <laughs> Uh, Big Sue's lets Jeremy know that the Stu situation has gone a little has gone a little awry. She uh, Stu saw Jesus's face in a can of ravioli. <laughs> yeah, and she's had a few big cries. Yeah, she thinks they're breaking up and has had a few big cries about it. Yeah, um, and that's it, the end of the episode. Uh, end of the episode. End of the uh, scene. Then. Why do you think they cut that out? I mean, it was. That whole deleted scene was 15 seconds long, 30 seconds yeah, long. Yeah, I suppose just for, I suppose you've got a bit like when you're writing a tweet, you've got to cut something out somewhere to get it to the length it needs to be. And I suppose it's not integral to the story. We never see Stu again. Do we care about Stu? So I guess that's why. But I agree with you that, you know, it could have easily stayed in. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, it was it was nice to or it was I guess it was kind of sad to find out what the hunk what happened to the hunk. Of yeah, one. I think I'm I'm happy not knowing what happened as well. Like I kind of I don't like to think of him losing his shit seeing Jesus in a can of ravioli. So yeah. Um, next scene we're back at Apollo House with Mark, and I gotta give hats off to David Mitchell in this episode. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if it was makeup or what, but he looks like hot death throughout yeah he looks like absolute hell the whole time and it must be a combination of good acting and makeup oh my god his eyes are like sunken and puffy like he just he looks like he's constantly sweating i mean it's just yeah it's amazing how uh awesome david mitchell looks i really uh, and we see him just like 
as he's shuffling into the flat, you kind of feel like you can completely feel that illness. Like we've all been there where you've got the flu and he's just sort of shuffling in a way that you can see everything hurts because he's got a head. You can even see he's got a headache somehow. He just kind of half-ass drops his keys right on the little, you know, ledge where he always puts his keys. And, uh, you know, he's thinking about how he always takes the same route home from work and he should probably alter it occasionally to evade kidnappers. Not much of a risk, but he says he'd feel like such an ass if it actually did happen. And I love it when he comes out with things like this because who thinks like that? I never worry about getting kidnapped. You don't. You don't think about oh, I always take the same route home. People probably know that. I should probably alter my route. No, definitely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't either. But I always like to know. I always like to know about ten ways to get to the same place just so I can alter it for my own personal amusement. I guess that's true, yeah. But I never, I never worry about kidnappers. So I think Mark's, Mark is. We all know Mark's not quite right, don't we? Yeah. But yeah, he's worried about kidnapping in this scene, and that's what he's thinking about as he walks through the door. It's right up there with date rape and pedoing that yeah, Mark exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's another Mark... one of Mark's weird thoughts. Yeah. Um, Jeremy sees Mark and he looks really displeased at first, but then he's like trying to feign being happy, and Mark's just like, hmm. I wonder why Jeremy's so happy. <laughs> of course, I'd be happy too if I spent all day practicing my signature and measuring my knob with dental floss. <laughs> um, and Mark explains that he had... So Jeremy asked him, he said, I thought you were going to Frankfurt. And Mark explains that he was, but he's not feeling well. There's something going around the office. And he found out that he was just going to be queuing up someone else's laptop. So he's not doing it. I love his description of feeling sick where he's like funny tummy weird ears weird ears yeah i'm sure he just means earache but it somehow makes me think that his ears are like i've got a funny color or something like that yeah oh it cracks me up when he's just like funny tummy weird ears <laughs> i i always want there to be a third one like bloat nose or something <laughs> yeah nose it should be the nose i think yeah yeah uh it's really funny um like you said, the trip to Frankfurt does not really sound as glamorous as we initially thought because he's just going to be queuing up Tom Finnamore's PowerPoint yeah. slides and Mark is not Tom Finnamore's no. bitch. I did think JLB have clearly got too much money to be sending two people on this trip then. Well, it looks like they're sending the whole fucking team like in the little boardroom yeah. session earlier. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so, yeah, it's a bit weird that he's being sent all the way to Frankfurt just to do the PowerPoint for Tom Finnamore, but... Anyway, in any case, Mark's not going. Yeah. He decides he wants to try to call Johnson and tell him he's not going. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I sound sick enough. And Jeremy's just like, oh, you look like hell, but you sound fine. And so Mark, Mark tries out a couple of different sick voices. And Jeremy's like, oh, that one's too chirpy. Oh, that one's too hammy. Yeah, and he says he's he's um he says I'm a stern critic. This is my whole area that really made me laugh. What what do you um, think is his area? Is it acting, or is it calling slack it slacking off? I think that's what I took it to mean was just that he's a a champion slacker. Oh, okay, okay. I was looking at it more like oh, I'm an act. You know, I'm a creative, so I'm an actor. Okay, that's yes, that's way funnier than how I had interpreted it. I think that's, I think that's right. That was my interpretation anyway. No, I think your interpretation is the way to go. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he is going to leave a message and just says that an aunt's phone is the wasted dream. There's a centralized answer phone in teaching and like for the borough, 
where you leave a message so they can get cover teachers in and that's fantastic i would much rather talk to an answer phone than talk to a real person when i'm sick nope at my job we must talk to an actual legit breathing person yeah see i had a job at pizza hut where it was like a sackable offense to only leave an answer phone message so i figured that this was the case in like real jobs but in teaching <laughs> answer phone. so that's good that's good for me yeah um, we can leave a message, but the thing is, is I'm always leery with leaving messages because you're never really sure. Um, you're never really sure if somebody's actually going to be getting the message or not. And then, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And they might be expecting you to turn up and then you don't. Yeah. When I was in the military, not that I, not that I ever in the military, it's called malingering where you call out pretending to be sick when you're not really sick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was only one time in my entire like military career where I malingered and I left a uh, a voicemail for my boss and then I was malingering because I wanted to play video games and everybody knew that I was playing video games. So when I came into work the next day, I got kind of an icy reception <laughs> from people who were like, oh, Jeff fun fucking playing video <laughs> games yesterday. And I was like, but uh, I was like, oh. Still just getting over this 24-hour <laughs> bug. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the worst thing with that answer phone situation in teaching is if you've got something long-term. So I broke my ankle once, and I was off for... I, my classroom was up two flights of stairs. I couldn't t teach in that time. So I was off for, like, six weeks, but I still had to phone the answer phone every day. And because there was nothing, like, wrong with me other than this broken ankle, it's hard to not sound chirpy. And obviously, what else do you say as well? Is that every day you're phoning up saying, like, just it's me. <laughs> I've still got a broken ankle. Obviously not going to be in today, and you, you don't want to sound like you're having it up, but you can't help it. You do a sort of slightly sadder voice, even when you're just phoning to say you've got a broken ankle. So, yeah, that, so that's where it falls down. Yeah, I like how Jeremy's idea is that you got to go mono a mono with Johnson, that that's the only yeah, way to yeah. call in. Yeah, that, that's funny and, and true. Yeah. Is Sick Man of Europe some cultural reference that I should get, or is that just more one of those weird... Yeah, so that's what I think it's a World War Two thing. I think it's a country that's, I know it is, I know this from GCSE history, that it is a country who is facing financial difficulties. They're described as the sick man of Europe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's it. it is a World War Two reference, of, of course. It always is in Poop Show. I really enjoy this next part where, because Jer Jeremy is upset because he doesn't want the sick man of Europe interrupting his uh, magic mushroom party. And he's just like, Mark, I will tend to you all day. I will tend you, tend you, tend you. You will go to the ball. And Mark's just like, I don't want to go to the ball. I just want to lounge around in my pants, which prior to doing this podcast, when he said lounge around in my pants, I literally thought he meant just his jeans. I didn't. No, he means his actual pants. Yeah, well, well y you mean his underwear. Oh, yeah, of course. You call trousers pants, don't you? <laughs> yes. And we call... Now, in America, there's actually a difference between trousers and pants. Uh, pants are like blue jeans. Right, okay. And trousers or slacks are more like dressy attire. Right, okay. So you can see my confusion when he's talking. Like, there's an episode where he's like, socks before, socks before trousers, but never socks before pants. I was like... Oh, like, okay, that makes no sense yeah, I was in like, that context, I was yeah. Like, what the hell is the difference? Like, there is no difference. Yeah, no, he's literally talking about sitting around in his undies. Yeah, which is not a very marked thing to do, so probably he's, you know, in his underwear. He must be sick. In his, yeah. in his robe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, 
as he walks into the bedroom, we see just a random woman moaning. <laughs> and then Superhand just like flips up the blankets on Mark's bed and he's like, Hello, Mark, give us 10, <laughs> would you? I love that bit. I really love it. Oh, uh, it, it just, it cracks me up because Superhand just like sees nothing wrong with this situation and is just like, No, and he's got the cheek to even ask him to give him 10 minutes in his own, his own room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a, a situation in a, a, a student house that I lived in where one of our housemates, who shall remain nameless, cough, Dominic, cough, he um, he gave a key to a guy who none of us, he was a friend of his, but like none of us really knew him. And he just came in one day and like started making himself a cup of tea and we were like, mate, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, Dom gave me a key. So yeah, there's <laughs> housemates using the house for, for their own means is, is common, clearly. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Mm. Um, and, uh, so Mark is like yelling at Jeremy and he's just like, how would you allow this? And Jeremy's just playing coy and he's like, what? I didn't know. Which is when somebody says something like that, they clearly yeah, like know. A, like how a four year old would. And, um, Hans sneaks past, doesn't he? Just they, as they're having this argument, Hans sneaks past into the bathroom. Yeah. And then they continue, Mark and Jeremy continue having the conversation and Mark's just like, you let super hands use my bed for filth. And Jeremy's just like, oh no, they didn't go in there, did they? Oh, I'm annoyed now. I'm so annoyed. And yeah, and Mark's like, where in where else in the in the massive duplex that is our flat do you think he's gone? Yeah. One of the guest suites or the billiard room. <laughs> um towards the kind of the tail end of this conversation, you hear the bathroom door start to rattle. And Superhands just is like, help, help, I can't get out. And and Jeremy's trying to explain that you have to lift the handle up. Yeah, but Hands isn't listening. And he's just like, this is bullshit. And just <laughs> kicks the door open hard as fuck. And it just off cracks its hinges. Me. Yeah, off its hinges. And it just cracks me up because the door goes flying. It looks so funny. And I believe you've got some insider, insider yes. knowledge. Thing. Yes. So... Friend of the show, Matt King, I sent him a, a direct message on Twitter about this scene, asking him if it had taken multiple attempts to kick the door down or if he did it in one take. My exact tweet or message to him was, for the this is bullshit door kick scene in Shrooming, did you film that on the first take or did it take a couple of tries to get the door kicked perfectly? He said, first and only take. Props department wanted to rig a fake door with no hinges in case the door got damaged on the first take and they wouldn't get the shot. I told them I'd take the fucking thing off and off is in capital letters. It's hinges in one take and then carry on acting. Nailed it or unnailed it as the case may be. <laughs> Matt. That's brilliant. I'm so glad that he did it in one take. Oh, yeah, me too. That makes it even better to know that it was yeah. one take. Yeah, it makes it even funnier, definitely. Because I've never tried to kick down a door before. I have to imagine that it, it is not as easy as Matt King makes it look in this scene. No, I mean, I mean the door does look like it could be a bit flimsy, but in our old house, I got shut in our bedroom. The, the, the lock or the, like, the latch broke, and I got locked in there and could not get out. Like, there was no, and definitely neither of us, like, my husband was on the other side of the door, and neither of us from either side could, could do it. That door wasn't coming off, so fair play to him that he managed to get it off in so swiftly. Yeah. Uh, as as Superhands walks out of the bathroom, he just is like, sorry, lads, locked door. 
Little Switch just flicks, you know, ever since Dad locked me in the airing cupboard to monitor the homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that we've got a little bit more of Super Handsy's story here. He's a little bit more fleshed out. What is an airing cupboard? Oh, so it's like the cupboard traditionally, not anymore because houses have got combi boilers, but traditionally it'd be the like a cupboard where the hot water tank was. So because it'd be warm in there, you would normally you'd put your towels and stuff in there. Um, but also it'd be perfect for, yeah, making beer or propagating seeds or that sort of thing. So it's like a warm, slightly damp environment that is in a cupboard. Yeah, perfect for brewing, brewing homebrew. So later that day at Apollo House, we have Mark putting a lock on his door. And in his mind, Mark knows that locks work so well for Hadrian and Ariel Sharon. <laughs> yeah, and it's a proper fuck-off padlock that he's putting on his door. Which is weird because we never see that padlock again. No, and when did he go to being cute to get it? Like, Holy He's not shit. well. Where did he get that from? I wonder if Jeremy got it for him when he got that big fuck-off stapler that he has. Yeah, because I've written that in my notes as well, is where did you get this school issue wall stapler as well, which I guess you can buy in a hardware store. Yeah, actually, I will I will admit, I never noticed the stapler until I saw it in your notes, so I'm sorry for trying to steal your thunder. Yeah, because we've got one, but the only reason we've got one is because we're both teachers and have stolen <laughs> it from a school. Like, they're not the sort of thing that you can just go and buy in Ryman's. Uh, does, do any of your school employee friends listen to this show? Because I don't want them diming you out for stealing the state. To be fair, I, did, I didn't say what school. I've worked in a oh, lot. Oh, so shit. Okay. Come at me. Come on. Which school is it going to be? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> None of the stationery in this house is legitimately bought. I think it's all over the years just been collected from various schools. That was, uh, that was, I was telling a friend that I work with that I have a bunch of optical tools and she's like, where the hell did you get optical tools from? And I was just like, here, there, <laughs> everywhere. Just collect them. Yeah. I never steal things on purpose, but when I do it on accident, usually I'm just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to take that back. They're not going to miss a pair of tweezers or exactly. a fucking yeah. screwdriver. But the reason that Jeremy's got this stapler is because he's stapling a curtain to the wall, isn't he? Yeah, in lieu of a, no pun intended, <laughs> in lieu of a door, he's just kind of hanging this curtain in front of the bathroom, and he's just like stapling the shit out of it. And it doesn't even reach all the way to the floor. It's really short. It's not a, it's not a solution. No, no, it's not. He should have just gotten some curtains from the living room and just done. Yeah, and stapled those up. But yeah. then I guess Mark might have gone mad. Yeah. Madder than he's gone. Um. Mark kind of points out that this is a short-term solution, and Mark's just like, look, Jeremy, I know doing your business in public is some sort of dream come true, but I can't live like that. <laughs> and he tells him uh, that he needs to get a carpenter, and Jeremy says that yeah. he, they'll get diddled if he does it and end up on ITV2, which I don't know if you understood that, but it's like a crappy preview channel where they show programs like Builders from Hell and people just getting diddled by tradesmen. <laughs> I like the part when he's just like, oh, Mark, I won't use the right words. They'll know I'm not proper. <laughs> yeah. So he tells Mark that he'll give him anything if he does it. So Mark agrees that he'll phone and find a carpenter. Um, the other big concern that Mark has is where he's going to poo. Yeah. He can't go to Sophie's flat because she's in Bristol. Although, if she's living in Bristol, why does she still have her flat? Maybe it's like a short-term contract. I was thinking that I, maybe it's only for a little while that she's being contracted out to Bristol. But you're right. That's why has she still got a flat? Yeah, he could go to the pub, but they might find. But that might be weird. He could offer him. He could offer him fifty pence a poo, but that's really weird. He'll just buy a pint. He's concerned. Yeah, he's concerned they'll think he's a junkie. So yeah, he'll buy a pint and become an alcoholic. 
you know, I know that we mentioned this in Mugging, uh, where we were like, wow, there's a lot of Apollo House in this episode. Okay, this episode blows Mugging out of the fucking water with the amount of scenes at Apollo House. Cause That's true. It's nearly all in the flat, is it? 95% fuck that. 97% of this episode is in Apollo yeah. House. So yeah. we one thing on this episode is we do get to meet the absolutely fabulous big mad Andy. Yes, yeah, we don't see again for a little while. Uh, he doesn't come in again, I don't think, to like series seven, something like that. But he's clearly their tradesman of choice. Yeah. I'm not sure why, considering how this ends with him. I never figured that. I never figured that out either. Only thing I could think of is that maybe big man, big mad Andy is cheap and discreet. Yeah, yeah, cheap is my my guess on this. Um, Big Mad Andy is played by Liam Noble, who is best known for National Treasure, Behind Closed Doors, and Second Sight, according to is he I. In National Treasure? Who was he in National? Oh, the film National Treasure. Yeah, yeah, the film National oh, Treasure. I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah, forget, it's, forget it. it's an American. It's an American film. Yeah. It's there. There's like fucking treasure maps drawn on the back of the Constitution. Yeah, no, it's I, very I, I know. Yeah. Sorry. What else did you say, Finn? Uh, some movie called Second Sight, Hide and Seek. I've seen that. But, you know, it's weird because I look at these IMDb's best known for, and I'm like, fucking Peep Show. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's best known for. I, I can't name a single character who he is in these other movies, but if you tell me Liam Noble, I'm like, oh, that's Big, Big Man, Man Andy. Andy from Peep Show. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I really love Big Man Andy. He's played and written so well, and I've known so many men like this, and quite often they are the dads of my friends. He really reminds me of my best friend's dad, who isn't mad, but is big and a painter and decorator, and just really, is really well done. <laughs> and they are, so Mark is genuinely terrified of Big Man Dandy, isn't he? You can tell that he doesn't know how to deal with him, he doesn't know how to deal with tradesmen in general, and I completely identify with that because I don't either. Yeah, uh, he, Mark is, Mark doesn't want Jeremy to become friends with the help because next thing you know, they'll be changing the tuning on the radio and forcing you to borrow their pornography. <laughs> Like yeah. what? What the fuck kind of friends does Mark have that are like, oh, here you have to watch this movie. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that's your porno film. I don't want to watch, watch that, it. Thanks. Well, yeah, yeah. And I really laughed as well at the. Um, I think that Andy calls someone pal at one point, and it's like then he changes it to mate, and it's obviously they're confused. And this has come up before at some point, I think, in series one where Mark gets. I think he calls him mate, and then he gets called pal. And I just, I just wondered for yes. you colloquially. Would calling someone pal or would that mean anything different to calling someone mate or are they interchangeable? I don't really use those kind of words when I'm referring to my friends. Right, okay. See, that's interesting. Yeah, because the reason I asked was because pal versus mate, where I'm from, mate is friendly and pal is like you're about to get hit in the face if someone calls you pal. And I know that I had a boyfriend who was northern. He was from up north, and it was the other way around. So he, I, so I always call people mate in a friendly, affectionate fashion, and he considered that to be like aggressive and fighting talk. But pal was completely friendly. So probably like the whole buddy thing has got, like you say, it has different connotations. Um, and big man dandy, I wondered what what his connotations were when he was saying pal. I felt it was aggressive. I could definitely could feel that his his version of pal was like very aggressive. Yeah, pal is definitely fighting talk here. I just never really use those those words. I'm sure there's a ton yeah. of people that do. Um, just this guy's not one of them. But we can feel the aggression, I would say, coming off Big Bad Andy. Like he doesn't yeah. seem like a oh, friend. definitely he doesn't seem like a friendly guy, does he? 
Uh, I mean, he seems friendly enough, just not, you know, not somebody I would necessarily want to go on a long car ride with. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Mark asks Jeremy if he's if he's asked him how much this is all going to cost, and Jeremy says a fair day's work for a fair day's pay. And Mark uh, says he doesn't want mottos, he wants figures, and he wants to know how much it's going to cost. Yeah, big man Andy at this point then just kind of pops in, and he's like, oh, I just got a call from my therapist, I need to pop out for a few hours, and Mark wants to know if this is when the within the rates agreed or and before he can even finish jeremy's just like oh not to worry i'll have a kettle on when you come back and big man andy just responds was like sweet as and then he's off yeah i actually said that the other day sweet as to somebody and i think they said i think they thought i said sweet ass (laughs) so i got kind of a weird look and i was just like it's a line from a tv show never it's very cockney expression oh is it okay yeah Maybe they thought I was trying to be some hipster talking with a Cockney accent. Watching too many Guy Ritchie movies, maybe they thought. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, fucking watch Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels three times too many. Yeah. Little do they know it's really Peep Show's yeah. fault. So um, Mark kind of makes a face, doesn't he? And he's like, therapist. And Jeremy says, what, you think therapy's only for you? And Jamie Thinkston, which I thought was a very odd reference because I have no knowledge that Jamie Thinkston had therapy or he's not famous for having therapy who is jamie theakston he was a tele he is i suppose a television presenter but he was like a kids tv presenter i think he got into trouble for maybe drug taking so potentially that was where the therapy bit came in but he's not like a well-known therapized public figure so that's weird but anyway are you, did you get the Tony Soprano reference? I, I'm assuming Sopranos was a big show over there as well. Okay. Yeah, I never really saw it, but my friend Stuart loved it and tried to make me watch it. We watched the whole first season and I was like, yeah, don't really care. But yeah, I Yeah, that was that. how I felt about Sopranos. I watched the first season. I was like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. Yeah, like Stuart thought it was literally... I know Stuart listens, so... Uh, but he thought it was like it changed the world of television wasn't really up my alley but he loved it i will tell you sopranos was very directly responsible for kind of changing hbo though because was it i mean sopranos was kind of one of the first like prestige dramas that hbo really had right and i i don't know this for a fact i would assume that sopranos led to higher subscriberships for hbo because it was at right, one point okay. it was a very popular show, so you know you can only watch it on HBO or DVD, and you know movie down da- or TV show downloading was not really as prolific as it is. No, definitely because about the same time as The Sopranos, like I really loved Six Feet Under and loved like really loved it, but it was like two thousand two thousand one, and like you say, I had to watch it when it was on Channel Four here, which is about six months behind you guys, and there was no other way of getting to it. Like we take it for granted now that we could just find these shows and have access to them all over the internet. But that, that wasn't always the case. Was no. It? And I think this, I think that Sopranos also really made HBO like more on board with actually putting TV shows on their, on their programming. So, I mean, it was kind of a revolutionary show. So It was a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So Mark is, has been put in his place regarding therapy. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy kind of sits Mark down and he tells him that he's going to prepare him for lunch. And he's like, look, I've got three flavors of crisps all mixed up. And then the beans. 
I'll make you some beans. And Mark is just like, oh, wonderful crisps and beans. I wonder what's going to kill me first, scurvy or rickets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremy's decided that he's going to look after him with the, the crisps and the beans. Uh, but then Mark's phone rings and it's Johnson. It's Johnson. I don't sound ill enough. Will you take it? All right. Hi, Alan. That's Jeremy. Oh, really? Oh, really? That is fascinating. Tom Finnamore's got the lurgy that's going around. He's not going to Frankfurt. Finnamore's got gastric flu. Johnson wants you to make the presentation instead. Oh, my God. Me? What shall I say? Say yes, you big idiot. But I'm ill. I'm really ill. Go for it, dude. You're only as ill as you think you are. Okay. Okay. Tell him, tell him I'm up for it. Don't tell him I'm ill. Say I've been working from home. Just tell him I'm coming in. Alan, he's coming in. You da man. I'm a man. It's you da man. Whatever, Jeremy, let's not quibble. I'm a man. Jess comes good sometimes. He's not a total asshole. <laughs> Mushroom sex party all over your flat while you're chomping on a brat for us and dancing to the umpire band like a total dick. You da man. You da man. And... <laughs> and this bit really made me laugh because... I interpreted the fact that Mark was willfully refusing to say you demand as a rejection of Americanisms. And there's a, there's definitely a certain sort of Englishman. Um, it's normally an older person thing who completely willfully rejects all things American. And I kind of figure that Mark maybe is in this category. So like earlier on when he won't say you do the math and insists on putting the S on the end of math. And now he's refusing to say you demand and it really made me think of my granddad who just thought that anything like american was a byword for uncouth as far as he was concerned <laughs> he didn't want to wear he thought people wearing baseball caps was uncouth he didn't want to drink out of a can because that was american like put it in a glass we're not americans and i kind of figured that maybe mark is in that category and that's why he's refusing to say you demand oh that's that is funny i never i didn't realize that that was a uh Oh, I didn't realize that that was a thing over there, that there's this kind of, like, anti-American sentiment. It's definitely, like, not the case amongst my generation and not even, I would say, amongst my parents' generation because they were brought up on American films and, you know, drinking Pepsi out of glass bottles and thinking it was sophisticated. But my grandparents' generation definitely quite suspicious of anything American. That's interesting. Grandparents didn't want to go into McDonald's because you didn't have a knife and fork. That was my granddad's thing with McDonald's. was like, why would I want to eat with my hands? I think the next deleted scene actually comes right here. But again, it the deleted scene doesn't make any sense with the context of what they were talking about, but it is literally the only other time it could have happened. Yeah, I agree that it's probably here or hereabouts. Yeah, so... Mark basically convinces Jeremy to make him dinner a la Ready Steady Cook. And he's like, oh, you like you like Ready Steady Cook, don't you? And Jeremy's like, yeah, yeah, I do. He's like, okay, well, let's see what dinner you can make out of, well, let's see, uh, steak meat, potatoes, oil, and peas. And Jeremy's just like, okay, so, well, with the steak, I'll make, well, a steak, obviously, and then with the potatoes i will cut them and i'll fry them and i'll make homemade crisps so steak with crisps and then i'll make the peas and steak crisps and peas and mark is just like oh okay yeah that's great and um so then mark the meal that jeremy actually brings to him is way different because then when he comes out he just looks 
suspicious at Mark and he's like, here's your meal, Mark. And it's like a steak that's been kind of wrapped around. Stuffed. So, yeah, stuffed with like potato matchsticks. They're definitely not chips in any way I understand them to be. And Oh, it looked Yeah, disgusting. and the peas are in oil in a glass. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and Jeremy oh, says, God. I realized it wasn't ready, steady, cook, but in fact, ready, steady, steak and chips for Mark. I don't understand if he's trying to make Mark feel better. Like, why not just make him the meal that Mark wants? Maybe I bet that is why that scene was cut out is because it just didn't make any sense, even though it was very, it very make funny. Sense. Yeah, it's a shame because it's very funny. Yeah, it's um, I would have liked it to stay in just for the fact that it's funny. But I agree that it doesn't really fit in with the actual storyline. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. yeah. Um, so later that day, we get our fur. We get our second non-Apollo house scene where Mark is at a like a boardroom meeting at JLB, and there's Jeff and Johnson, and I'm sure that there is probably, um, I'm sure that there is probably Barbara the racist and stuff like that. Um, Tom Fitt- oh no, Tom yeah. Finnemore's ill, isn't he? So he wouldn't be there. But yeah, there's yeah. a group of Jeff and uh, Jeff is just like Mark. You have to really make sure. And then is before he can like even get any other words out, Mark just immediately tunes him out and he starts thinking about the golf ball size glands in his neck. I uh, yeah, I, I would say yeah, I would say that my my glands are like golf balls, and I often think of this scene where he says he puts his hand against his eye, doesn't he, and yeah. says he's going to catch some micro sleep. And the amount of meetings that I've been in where I thought, oh, I'm going to catch some micro-sleep. And after the general election this year, because um, it all got a bit exciting, about three in the morning, everyone was up watching the general election. And I was in a meeting on child protection the next day, and it was pretty boring. It was stuff that we'd all heard a hundred times before. And it was like in a hot boardroom like that. And I remember putting my hand up thinking, I'll just catch some micro-sleep and seeing everyone else doing the same thing. So yeah, I often think about catching some micro sleep in a meeting. I have I have been guilty of catching micro sleep before. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Uh, Johnson has this great line where he's like, "Mark, you have to let them know we are playing the game, but we don't have to play the game because we've already won." And Mark's just like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, great, absolutely." And then Jeff immediately starts talking, and he's like, "Now, Mark, they've got a plasma screen in their meeting room." And then this is when Mark like just does the little micro sleep and. Then Jeff is like, oh, you okay? Uh, uh, Sophie been keeping you up late at night? No, she's in Bristol, probably keeping some other guy up. And um, They all laugh. Mark yeah. Is, yeah, they all laugh, take the piss out of Mark, and then Mark just is like, no, no, she isn't, but good joke, though, mate. <laughs> and then he's like, when was the last time she texted you a template, fuckface? <laughs> yeah. And this is, again... Again, we have the mate here where he's, like, saying mate as, you know, in turn. It's that unfriendly mate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. Fighting words. And Johnson's just speaking in his usual kind of, like, management bullshit speak. And Johnson in this whole scene is just speaking in his usual kind of, like, managerial <laughs> blue sky thinking. And you can just see why Mark's tuned him out because he's talking absolute bollocks. Yeah, that's probably my favorite Johnsonism is that he just, you know just like says these weird crazy things and um you know he's like yeah and mark just pretty much tunes him out yeah um back at apollo house i'm just going to insert i'm just going to play this scene for everybody because this scene is really funny but it's jeremy and big mad andy and they talk about taboos jeremis and theme music so uh do you reckon you'll get it done soon like by tonight oh yeah takes a piss wicked 
I'm just working. I'm a musician. This is work. If you want, I could do you a theme while you're carpenting. Andy's theme. Now, my therapist reckons I should get back into the music. Now, I used to play drums. He reckons it'd be a good outlet. It's cool you've got a therapist. I mean, what's the big taboo? There isn't a taboo. Exactly. What's the big taboo? Answer, there isn't one. That's what's so cool about it. There's two types of people in this world, pal. People who know they've got shit to sort out and people who don't know they've got shit to sort out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Word out. Truth up, dude. Truth. God, look at me talking to a builder like we're both on the same level. People are so quick to judge, you know. They go, look at him. He's having a look at his life. He must be some sort of nutter. Me, I'm like, fuck off. Fuck right off. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off, you idiots. Shit. We're so angry together. The righteous indignation of the common man. Maybe we can start a union. The woodworkers and general persons union. Listen, bro, do you fancy a bit of a jam? I've got a bongo. We could have a cheeky toke. Yeah, why not? Sweet ass. Maybe we'll become best mates and he'll train me up to be a carpenter like Jesus. And if I get crucified, he'll start a religion in my name. Jeremism. I'm a Jeremist. Nice. <laughs> I like the... I like the... the What is it? The union of carpenters and mu- musicians? General people. General people's union. Yeah, the general people's union. Yeah, I would join a general people's union. Yeah, yeah. And I love when Jeremy's, like, trying to... To he's saying he's got the righteous indignation of the common man, and it's so Jeremy to try and like sort of drum up some indignation about absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, and then of course the the really great, yeah. What's the taboo? There is no taboo. I know that's what I'm saying is, what's the what's the big taboo? There's only two yeah. kinds of people who you know. There's only there's two kinds of people: those who know they need therapy and those who don't, or something like that. And I've... yeah, it's the, it's the people that know they've got shit to sort out and people that don't know they've got yeah. shit to sort out. Yeah, this is our first indication, really, that Mandy is mental, isn't it? Yeah, but I think he I think he has sort of a uh, a uh, like crazy man's insight into things. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, like. Even though he is mental, sometimes he sees things in a really profound, true way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you just can't, you know, you can't discount Big Mad Andy. <laughs> no, but I think maybe I'd like to be a Jeremist. I'm thinking about this, and I think it'd be a good religion to join. I know, we, we fucked up. We should have called this, we should have called this podcast, like, the Church of Jeremist. Or it's, <laughs> Church of Jeremist. <laughs> yeah, the Church of Jeremist or something like that. <laughs> Um, back at JLB, we have Mark and Johnson, and they're getting into a cab heading to the airport. And all Mark wants to do is on the plane is sleep, but Johnson is just like, on this plane over to Frankfurt, we are gonna brainstorm our asses off. And just for context, because I don't know how far is a plane, how long of a plane flight are we talking here? Oh, two hours, if that. Two hours, if that. Okay. As yeah, not very long. Oh yeah, that's about what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Johnson and Mark would be the kind of people that I hate on planes because when yeah. when Nicole and I flew from Kansas City to Orlando, there were these two people directly behind us. And, I mean, I had headphones in, Nicole had headphones in, and I could still hear these two fuckers just talking nonstop. <laughs> and, it was, and it was like, blah, 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 blah. And I just wanted to turn around and just be like, shut up. Like, you are talking too loud for such an enclosed environment. Yeah, yeah, I hate that too. And I'm quite a loud, kind of verbose person, but you just gotta you gotta read the social signals, guys. Even I know to keep quiet in like tube carriages, on planes, like in lifts. 
these are not places to be loud and keep talking. Yeah. Uh, I, I really identify with this bit with, as well because I oh. went on like a big thing in teaching. I don't know if, like in any way you've ever worked, but I don't know, it's become a big thing lately to go off on like away days and away weekends and just like kill me in the face. And I can say this completely openly now because I don't work there anymore, but I worked at a school where my head of department, she was lovely, but man, she was enthusiastic about teaching English to children. And I just could not sum up that enthusiasm. And she, she made us all go for this weekend at like a country house hotel. And we had to do all these team building things like play rounders and stuff. And no offence to you, but I'm not American. I can't live like that. And the whole weekend I was just thinking, where can I go and just sleep? Where can I go and just have like five minutes sleep? And I completely saw, I didn't want to brainstorm. I didn't want to play rounders. And I completely identified with Mark here. What What is rounders? I'm sorry. Oh, um, it's a little bit like baseball, I suppose. It's like a game you play with a bat and a ball and you've got like, pit, like um, bases and you run between the bases and yeah. It's shit. I don't want to play. I'm 32 years old almost. It's not for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's really funny. I've always, I have secretly always wanted to go on one of those team building weekends where you do like trust falls and all that kind of shit. <laughs> you definitely don't. I remember there was a game we played where we had to, we were all sitting in a circle and like, we're, you know, we are English. It's very, and she wasn't, she was American, this head of department. And she was, um, it was like, she had a toilet roll. And she passed the toilet roll around and she said, you've got to take as much toilet paper as you think you would need for two days on a campsite. And it's like, what a weird fucking game this is. So some people take loads, obviously, and some people don't take much. And for every sheet of toilet paper you take, you have to tell a secret about yourself to the group. Was that the game? Yes. And yeah. I was smart because I live literally right next door to where I work, which I'm going to edit out where I just <laughs> said I worked because I don't want that going public. Um <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess if you're on the Facebook page, you know, because you see it on my Facebook page. Anyways, but I was smart, and I was like, oh, I only live like three minutes away. If we ran out of toilet paper here, I'd just go home and shit. So I just grabbed <laughs> one piece of toilet paper, and so I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I took a very modest amount because I knew there was going to be a trick. But there were people who took like half the roll, and I just thought, there's, there's obviously going to be a trick. This is obviously not the game. So yeah. yeah, that was, I hate anything like that. And that was prob that, probably that sort of shit is what Mark and Johnson have been doing on the plane. Oh God, I know. <laughs> uh, Mark has this great idea about going to the loo, making his jacket into a pillow, and then just pretend that he falls asleep in the loo. In. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely hear you, Mark. Yes, I hear you too, Mark. I've taken bathroom naps more than once in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at this point, Johnson gets a phone call and he finds out that due to industrial action, the flight from Frankfurt's been delayed and the next one isn't until seven. And then Mark's just like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't want to stay up all night brainstorming. And then he's just like, he's just like, Mark, go home. You want to get some rest and be fresh for the big day. So once again, Jeremy's plans for mushroom sex party, totally ruined by goddamn unions yeah goddamn unions and for the over-industrialized europeans have killed the mushroom sex party so uh, back at apollo house we have jeremy and he's looking at one of those magic eye posters are you able to see magic eye posters were you able ever ever able to train yourself to do it no they never worked for me what about you i have i was able to do it at one point in time but now i don't think i could excuse me no i i've, I've so never seen them I kind of think it's all a lie and no one can see them. Like I've, I've tried so many times and I've tried like relaxing my eyes and having my eyes closed and opening them, but they don't work for me. And my husband's 
blind in one eye, so he's only got vision in one eye, so they don't work for him either. And we've discussed this and said, <laughs> I think it's all a big conspiracy. It is not. They're they're not conspiracies. I can I <laughs> can definitely, definitely work. Yeah, they do definitely work. Yeah, so Jez is uh, putting those up around the flat. Yep, yeah, he's putting those around the flat and um just, you know, seeing what's going on around there. Um he turns around and Mark is Mark just kind of pops in and is, you know, like what the hell are you doing? Oh, I guess we forgot to mention too that Jeremy is worried that the magic eye posters are going to have pictures of executions and yeah, these these might give me a bad trip, but he's like, no, they're just pictures of dolphins or Father Christmas. Well, that was a little scary. We thought we lost the last half hour of the recording, but we recovered it. We're having so many technical problems at the moment. I don't. It's, it's like it's like the good Lord doesn't want this podcast to happen. Nope, nope. They mugging, sectioning. Thankfully, this one didn't happen. But yeah, we've had some technical issues in the past, yeah, and yeah. it's unfortunate, but. On with the show. Uh, but yes, I do agree with you. The living room does look kind of like the flat of like a 70s hippies paradise. There's tie-dyed banners all over the TV. There's just like weird shit on the walls. And yeah, there's like you said, there's candles everywhere. And yeah. yeah, and Mark asks what Jeremy's playing at. And he says that he wants to vibe in the room. Yeah, Mark's like, vibe? Vibe? You never cared about the vibe before. <laughs> so um, then... What happens next here? Oh, so this is when Jez uh, is honest with Mark, isn't he, and tells him what he's got planned for the evening. And we're just going to go ahead and play this conversation between yeah. these two because I think it's really funny. You never worried about the vibe in here before. What's going on? Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth now, but only on the condition, the promise, that you don't freak out because this really isn't a big deal. In no way the kind of big deal that you're going to pretend it is. So, Jeremy. It's just... <clears throat> Big Sue's and everyone, they're coming over. And you might want to make yourself scarce because we're going to be taking some magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms? Yes. And we're going to smash down the doors of perception so we can see all the stuff that... Isn't really there. That is really there, but we don't normally see because we're so transfixed on... The stuff that is really there. Oh, it's so simple for you, isn't it? But the truth that you're so scared of hearing is that, in fact, reality and fantasy are exactly the same thing. Look, Jez, I just don't feel comfortable about you having a drugs party in my flat. But this is my big chance with Big Sue's. I'm going to get us both really high and then try to put my hand up her jumper. That's your plan? Yes. And I think it would be a lot better if you just stayed in your room. Why? Because I'm an embarrassment? No, it's just... you'll be bored. We'll be off our heads talking about all the amazing things you can do with hemp, not the interest rates and grisly murders that you're into. Last night, the foreign Look, please, Mark. The EU's please promise to stay in your room all night. No. European leaders have urged Jack's my flat and I feel ill. I just want to lounge around in my pants and watch Judge John Deed. Can't you and your friends cope with the sight of me lounging around in my pants? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want Mark uh, lounging around the lounging around my mushroom sex party in his fucking underwear either. No, I mean, when he says he wants to lounge in his pants and watch Judge John Deed, that's like the story of my life, but I can see that you wouldn't <laughs> want that in the middle of your mushroom sex party. No, no. Um, A lot of sex... Sorry. This is the second sex party in Peep Show that we've talked about after the university sex party, and now we've... That's true, actually, the yeah. There's a lot party. of sex parties that never quite get going in Peep Show. Nope, nope, they definitely don't. Um, 
Big Mad Andy comes into the living room and he says he needs to leave because his ex-wife called him with some bullshit about needing to get her headspace together. So I'm just going to shoot off. Yeah, she's clearly in therapy as well. Um, yeah. And Jez kind of proves that he can't handle Andy really either when it comes to the crunch because he really wants this door put it on because he's going to have his sex party. And uh, oh. Mark says, well, I'm not telling him like you tell him. And then Jez uses Mark as an excuse. So he says, like, oh, my mate really wants it done. And Mark just shouts out, I don't mind. I don't know about you, Laura. I am not a carpenter. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how long it takes to put a door up. I honestly think if I had the tools and I had the door, I could probably get one up in about 30 minutes or so. Yeah, I don't. I thought this. I don't know what he's been doing all day. Because when we originally see him, he's like playing in the door frame with a bit of sandpaper or something. I would have thought that would have been the lion's work done there. All he's got to really do is reattach the door. So he's the world's slowest carpenter as well as the world's angriest. Yeah, I, I definitely don't get what the fuck he's been doing. Well, we do know that he did take a cheeky toke with Jeremy. So <laughs> Yeah, so maybe he lost a few hours there. Yeah, but I mean, still, I, I feel like that he's been at Apollo House for four to five hours at a minimum. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's, he's done a whole day's work there. Yeah, I know. And, and Jeremy is paying him a fair day's pay for a fair day's work, <laughs> but it doesn't look like they're getting a fair day's work out of it. No, but he, um, Jez asked him to do it and he just says, no can do. And I like how, I definitely like when he tries to throw Mark under the bus and, and he's like, oh, my mate. He's a bit of carrot up the ass, and he says, and, and Mark's just like, I don't mind. Yeah, it's fine by me. Yeah, it's fine by me. And he's and then Jeremy just gets really indignant, and he's like, I'm ordering you to do it. I'm the boss. You're the worker. And then Andy's just like, oh, yeah, pal, is that the way it is? Well, you can fuck off, pal. You can fuck right off. And then he just kicks the partially installed door and just storms out of the house, and Jeremy's just like, don't hit me, don't hit me. <laughs> And that's the end of that. That door's not getting put back on now. Nope. For sure, that door is not getting put back on. It's been kicked off the hinges twice. I really wish I would have uh, messaged Liam Noble and asked if he <laughs> yeah, too did it, did it one in take. one take. I imagine he did because the door looked like it was attached kind of shitty. So it looks like a stiff breeze would have knocked it down. So Yeah, yeah. I imagine it was pretty easy to take down that time. Yeah. Uh, later that evening, Mark comes in and now uh, and once again mark is wearing his like bathrobe and he's just like all right jeremy i'm gonna take a nap but i'm gonna be out later to watch some videos if you and your friends must trip you can trip in the kitchen in your room and a bit in the hallway <laughs> yeah he's got very clear ground rules for this i know but i can't really blame mark for being upset about this because it is his flat so anything that goes on in his flat technically falls back on him i don't know what the laws are like in england but if somebody came over to my apartment and was having like if one of my roommates was having a mushroom sex party that got broken up by the cops i couldn't like plead ignorance like i couldn't be like oh, i didn't know the mushroom sex party was going on i would probably be like arrested with them as well that's true i hadn't even thought of it from that point of view but yeah as the as the homeowner he has got a responsibility to uh to maybe stop this sex party from happening with illegal hallucinogenics in it. I, I see in your notes you say, like, hallucinogenics scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to... I'm not adverse to to misquote David deal. I'm not adverse to an altered state every now and again. Like, and I don't have a problem with, like, taking painkillers or anything like that. Like, when I was in labor with my daughters, I was like, every drug you give me, please do. I want to trip this out. Um, <laughs> so I'm not like... But the idea of hallucinogenics just absolutely terrify me. Like, I do not want 
to go anywhere near them. I'm convinced I would see something terrible. And yeah, not, not for me. One time in my life, I did hallucinogenics. And it was, I don't really remember much of the night, but all I remember is at some point during the night, we turned the movie, um, oh my fucking God, what is that movie called? Event Horizon? Oh yeah. Have you seen that before? Yes, I have, yeah. Okay, so don't ever watch that movie tripping, because <laughs> it is not fun. It is a terrible experience. I was like, this is awful. Don't ever want to do this again. So Yeah, I, um, my... I just think that, yeah, I think I would, exactly that. I, I would stop whatever I was watching or whatever I was doing. I would start to see the bad side of that. When I was in labor with my, my younger daughter, I was, given, uh, a, I was given the epidural. Not actually sure what's in that, but probably heroin, probably whatever the equivalent of like medical <laughs> heroin is. And it didn't really work very well. But the first hit of it, I thought Elmo from Sesame Street was in the room, like was convinced he was. And then the second hit of it, I had this feeling like, cause it goes up your spine. And I had this feeling of like the medicine kind yeah. of going up my spine. And I had this really vivid hallucination that, do you know Fantasia, the film Fantasia? You know, the like the little, buckets oh, and yeah, the brushes yeah, yeah. that do clean the floor i had this really clear hallucination that they'd come in and they oh, were like yeah. spreading the medicine up my back with their brushes and i said this to my husband and he was like you're off your tits like you are completely not on the same planet and that was like a relatively pleasant hallucination so if it was just like the completely legal epidural doing that to me i would hate to see what i would see on magic mushrooms as jeremy is talking to mark mark starts to make up a little bit of lemon <laughs> lemon sip and Jeremy, Lipstick, yeah. yeah, Jeremy just all of a sudden gets this idea, and he's like, "Mark, you just go to the bedroom. I'll make your lem sip for you, and I'll bring it into the room." And Mark walks out, and Jeremy's just like, "Am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? <laughs> I've got an evil plan. I'm like a young Richard Branson or a Bond villain. I'm sort of poisoning my flatmate. It's really a white poisoning, <laughs> friendly poisoning, a friendly yeah. poisoning." This looks yeah. absolutely like a lethal concoction that he makes him because he's made a limb sip anyway. And he puts like three quarters oh of a bottle of night nurse in. I don't even have night nurse over there. But that stuff, like the right dosage of that will knock you out for about 15 hours, let alone three quarters oh, of a bottle. God. I, and, oh, so the limb sip wasn't what Jeremy poured into the drink. It was night nurse? No, like, so the limb sip is like a, it's a paracetamol based hot drink that tastes of lemons that's like for colds, that on its own, quite strong, pretty good for colds. But the night nurse is just like really, the only thing that cures is being awake. So that's for like, to make you sleep when you've got a cold. So he combines the two for a start, that's a massive paracetamol overdose, and it would put you to sleep for like three years. Cause I was looking at the, I was looking at the um, contents of Lemsip, and it has a, it has a, it has 200 milligrams of a drug called, gate. Gaia Fenison, which is, and I admittedly know more about this kind of stuff than I probably should, but Gaia is is like an expectorant, so it gets like mucus out of your chest. Right. But it, but it also has a side effect of if you take too much of it, you will just vomit uncontrollably. Oh, really? So, yeah, so a lot of over-the-counter drugs that people like to abuse, they'll put Gaia in it just so that, you know, people don't kill themselves by drinking or taking too much of it. Ah, uh, clever. Yeah, so uh, when I was looking at the Lem Sip, I was like, oh my god, that has 200 milligrams of Gaiaficin in it, and Mark drank half that bottle, he'd be puking his guts out. Yeah, no, the Lem Sip is, that wasn't 
what he poured into it. That was Night Nurse. So it'd be interesting to know if Night Nurse has got everything in it. I'm sure it yeah. probably does. Let's see. Night Nurse contents. Uh, it does not look like it. Oh, but it does have... Oh, Jesus. It does have ibuprofen in it, though, but... It's really strong, Night Nurse. Like... Oh, shit. And it's got DXM, which would make Mark trip his ass off, so... <laughs> so that's a pretty pretty fatal concoction he's given him there. Holy God. Yeah, Mark would be, like, off his tits, so... It would taste awful as well, because Night Nurse tastes disgusting. Yeah. Oh, man. Whoa. Um... As Jeremy makes this concoction for Mark, and he actually gives it to Mark, he's sitting there kind of watching him drink it, and he's like, drink it down, drink it down, and Jeremy, Mark's just like, okay, I'm going to take a nap, and Mark, like, leans over, and then Jeremy has, like, the weirdest fucking line, where he's like, I could rape him. It's not like I'm going to rape him. I could, but I'm not going to. And I was just like, why would you even think that? Why? Yeah, man, you're in a one of fucked up. Why would you even... Can, like, <laughs> why is that a thing you would even think? Like, good God, like... Ugh. He's not even on the mushrooms yet, and he's thinking these thoughts. I know. I don't even want to know what kind of, like, gnarly shit he would think of when he was tripping. Um, I guess we kind of get to find out a little bit later about what Jeremy thinks when he's tripping, because... Yeah, that's true. Because now we get to see the actual mushroom sex party yeah and it's not there's not many of them it's not much of a sex nope. party no it's definitely not much of a set we keep calling it a mushroom sex party but that's only because jeremy called it that but it's more of just kind yeah. of a mushroom party we have it's just four people taking mushrooms yeah we have super hands jeremy big Sue's, and hands's date whose name we never even know it's the same no she's not even named in the book uh, of the script is oh she? is she i didn't even look at the script for the book no it just says super has his girlfriend because i was curious if i oh. missed the name but yeah yeah it's the same girl that hands was going down on earlier in the show yeah sue starts kind of talking about her friend otto who tripped before and put his forehead on a train track thinking it was a big steel sweatband <laughs> yeah i really like that line do you think he got hit by the train? Because she said her friend Otto had a bad experience, so I can't imagine that this would have gone too good with him putting his head on the train track. No, although she doesn't speak about him in the past tense, and I think if he had been hit by the train, he would be no more, so I'm not sure. Hans's girlfriend says that her life has changed by trip tripping before shrooms. She was stuck at the HBCS doing the nine to five, but now she has her own room at the center and she's making her mess. Yeah. And this line always made me laugh at the time because my best friend worked at HSBC. She was doing the nine to five. So uh, this was a line that we found really funny at the time. Big Sue's kind of announces that she's got to go to the bathroom. So Jeremy's just like, oh, I'll just prop the door up for you. and But I won't listen, <laughs> which is creepy, which is super creepy line. Jeremy's like holding the door up and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not good. Like Sue's looks... Suze looks incredibly concerned when she's in the bathroom at this point, and Jeremy's like kind of sliding the door over in front of her, and he's like, "Oh, I won't listen. I might hear, I might hear it, but I won't." <laughs> but I won't be listening. Yeah. yeah. She, to be fair, she looks. Why is she even there? Because she does not look into any of this, does she? No, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, Jeremy wonders. Jeremy thinks she probably even does nice poos, like little Malteses that smell like a body shop. Yeah, that made me laugh. Um, Jeremy goes to check on Mark, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go check on the victim. I mean, 
patient. Patient <laughs> is much nicer sounding. <laughs> yeah, he looks at him and he's like, try not to think you've killed him. Yeah, killing him will be a bad trip for sure. <laughs> and then he locks him in, doesn't he, with the padlock. Yeah, he uses the external padlock to lock Mark's door and um, he, the, the entire time he's doing it, he's like, am I doing this? Am I really doing this? Am I doing this? And I don't know about you, but I actually think that locking him in the room was probably the wrong idea because Mark was probably so fucked up from all that cough medicine. He probably would have just woken up, used the bathroom and just gone straight back to bed. That's true, actually. Yeah, that probably would have caused him less trouble. Yeah, I know. Um, so the next scene that we get is from Mark's perspective where he's waking up from the terrible drug concoction that he's been forced to take and the camera is all like hazy and he's just like oh what the hell he sophie hasn't texted him and he's really upset about that because he sent her a three mess he he sent her a three screen text when and flowers when she got a new refrigerator and the only thing that she sent him is a smiley face when he got his new uh his big promotion at jlb yeah she's not even a little bit excited for him I know, but you know, maybe maybe Sophie just doesn't like to text. Yeah, that's true. That could be the case. I know plenty of people who I will send, you know, five screen texts to, and their responses sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, like a thumbs up emoji or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's Mark is like, oh, I feel like somebody's trying to deliver the whole of the Sunday Times straight into my head. I like that because that's exactly what having a headache feels like. Like, when you've got a really uh, bad migraine, that is exactly what it feels like. Like, too much information is trying to go in your brain. He's like, oh, I just need to use the loo, and he's trying to open the door, but of course, he's trying to use the loo, but of course he can't because the door is locked, and he's like, is Jeremy really doing this to me? Locked out of a party at my house? It's just like Sarah's 18th birthday all over again. <laughs> yeah, that made me smile, because Sarah, until this point, has only been mentioned, but she, we meet her, don't we, in the next episode? In the very next episode, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. And then Mark is just like, a mushroom party in my flat is not in the tenant's <laughs> agreement. This is the last friendship I have that's not backed up by a legally binding contract. And <laughs> Yeah, as... so Mark's completely trapped at this point. Yeah, and, uh, and then we get back to the living room and um, Suze can kind of hear Mark banging and... <laughs> So we have we get a really funny scene here with with Big Sue's and the rest of the crew while they're tripping their asses off. So I'm just gonna put okay. that scene in here. What's that? Banging? Nope. But I can hear banging. You can't hear banging. Don't worry, Suze. There's no banging. But I'm definitely getting banging. Oh my God, Jess, I'm hearing things. I don't think I'm having a good time. I mean, I can't be sure, but I really don't think I am. Does sound kind of a lot like banging. It's this banging track. That's what's banging. I think I might get up. Oh, oh no. Suze, have another dose. That'll sort you out, maybe. No, Suze, don't, don't do that. Just, um, listen, love, just a little tip, all right? You're on the edge now, and you need to pick the right way. Because one way's heaven, and the other, well, probably best not to think about that right now but it's fucking horrible yeah <laughs> and yeah you've probably heard that line a ton of times for all of the season three episodes that we've done in the intro so i guess not a ton of times but like three times 
It's a great motivational speech. It would definitely help someone on the brink of a bad trip. Oh, God, I know. And especially because <laughs> the way that the camera is shot and the way that Hans's face is shot, he looks so fucking sinister. Yeah. Is he wearing eyeliner here as well? Is this the first we see of the Hans eyeliner? I'm a man, so I don't notice that stuff. So if you think he's wearing eyeliner... Yeah, I think he is. And I think this is the first time we see it. He, there's a few occasions where he does wear eyeliner. Um. Yeah, and then, then Jeremy heads up to Mark's room, and or I guess not up, but over to Mark's room. Mark's like, Jeremy, open the door, and I need to poo. And Jeremy just slides him a bag under the door, and he's like, oh, just go take a poo in the bag. <laughs> and Mark can't even entertain the idea of it. I know, he's like, oh god, even if Sophie and I get married, live in a detached house in Surrey and buy a holiday home in Umbria, our children will always look at the face of a man who wants crapped in a takeaway bag. Yeah, because he doesn't want to do it. That's where society's headed, which made me laugh. Yeah, uh, I like that when he's talking about how society's, yeah, how society is headed towards shitting in bags and throwing them out the windows, and he's like, I'm not going to be the first. Not in my name. And um, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then we kind of cut back from Mark over to Suze, and Suze is, at this point, Suze is having a great time tripping her ass off. Yeah, she's starting to feel the effects in a nice way. Yeah, they're playing Mousetrap, and Superhands points out that these are the good times after the initial nausea, but before the grinding come down. <laughs> and she starts reminiscing about when her and Jez lived together, and they used to have baths together, and he would do his Rick from the Young Ones impression. Yeah. Do you can you also do this impression just so I can so the American I can't really no I'm not I'm not much of an impressionista but Rick from I don't know if you know the young ones but Rick was a intolerable pompous character so that's the impression Oh okay all right I just will imagine it then <laughs> Um Jeremy seizes the day and he asks Suze if he wants to run them a bath and Suze is like yes and Jeremy in his head is like hot diggity dog and then the doorbell rings and Jeremy's like, pizza man's here. The pizza man's here. Pizza in the bath. Soapy margarita. As I decide with the uh, hot diggity dog, when I was doing my notes, I was watching this with my uh, older daughter in the room, who's three. And Minnie Mouse says hot diggity dog. And she thought this was really funny. And she said, why did the man say hot diggity dog? He's not Minnie Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Sweet. I know. That's so sweet. <laughs> But this uh, is finally the, the fruit of Jeremy's labours, isn't it? This is what it's all been leading to, is the pizza and I the know. bath. Yeah. Oh, can you think of anything grosser than sitting in a bath, naked with another person, eating a margarita pizza? Especially in that bathroom, it looks really grungy in all the scenes we ever see. The fucking tomato, like, falling off into the water and then... Ugh. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Your fingers would be all greasy. There'd be, like, a thin layer of grease on the you know, oil sheen on top of the water. Oh. water. Yeah. And I can't Not see nice. Sue's being into that. Like, I would imagine that they, when they took baths before, that was probably in a nicer bath and maybe a little bit bigger, but yeah. they probably weren't eating fucking... But then she is high. That is true. She is tripping. She's not high. She's yeah. tripping. So... No, she's tripping. Yeah, yeah. She's off her face. Yeah, and that's probably face. why she thinks this is an idea. Yeah. Um, but it is not the pizza man, it is Johnson, and Johnson is like, hey, Mark called him and told him, told me he was being held against his will. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he totally burst the whole mushroom party bubble. Yeah, and, uh, he, Johnson finally convinces Jeremy to let Mark out of his room, and Mark just makes an immediate beeline for the bathroom, and, like, I wanted to play this scene, I really did, but, oh my god, even just recapping it, it was making my stomach churn. Yeah, it's gross. 
uh, the closed captioning just says stuff like passing gas and squirting. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God. But basically what happens is Mark just gets out of his bathroom. He's taken like the nastiest shit imaginable. It just sounds like the shit of somebody who's sick. You know, he's very unwell and he's taking a lot of nightmares. I don't think that would have helped the situation. Oh my God. No. And, and, and Johnson is just like, are you all right, Mark? And then he's like, yes, I'm fine. The close questioning says squirting. And then Mark is just like, I'm fine. Great. Johnson just says, is that a normal poo you're doing? And they have this whole discussion on if this is a normal poo. And he's like, oh, it doesn't sound or smell normal, which just makes me Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, Johnson works out that Mark must be unwell and he says you know the credo illness equals weakness you're off the team and then at this point Big Sue's like comes around the corner and she's just like Mark and then bef- before in this whole scene Mark is just like apologizing profusely to everybody who's had to watch him shit <laughs> which and, is everybody in the flat because there's no door yeah which is everybody in the flat and Sue's is just like looking horrified and then Superhands' girlfriend comes up, and then Superhands come up, and he's like, Jesus, is this what you guys are into now? Yeah, this is your thing. Johnson leaves, the women leave, Superhands leaves, and then we get this little funny closing bit between Jeremy and Mark right here. You had to do it, didn't you? You just couldn't let me be happy. You had to go crying to Daddy just as soon as I locked you in your room for one single minute. You just can't take a joke, can you? Jeremy, for God's sake... So this is my big evening, is it? Me tripping my nuts off watching you do endless pooing. If I were you, I'd think about what you've done. Just have a long, hard think about what you've done. And then we get Flagpole Sitter, and episode is over. Yeah, and as is the case so often here, Mark and Jeremy are left on their own, aren't they? That happens quite a few times in quite a few episodes where whatever's happening, whatever terrible humiliation is happening... They end up being left yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, no matter what happens, it always comes back to the El Dude brothers. They can't just uh, no, they, they can't escape each other. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Like I said earlier, it was great to kind of rewatch this one a little more critically and just see how funny actually some of the stuff is. Yeah, and it's great that to see Mark ill is is very funny because, as we mentioned, David Mitchell does such a good job of portraying his illness. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one thing that has really shocked me on the rewatch of this series is just how good of an actor David Mitchell is. Yeah, he is. He's much better than he gets credit for. I agree with you. I never would have said that, you know, I wouldn't put him up there with, you know, those actors, you know, like, He's not Lawrence Olivier, but he definitely, he's got a good range, I would say. Yeah, for a 25-minute sitcom? I mean, holy shit. Mm. I mean, he acts better than some of those guys on Big Bang Theory do, and those guys on Big Bang Theory probably make far more money per episode than uh, than David Mitchell ever did. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the further fleshing out of Hans' backstory. I like that we find out a little bit more about him. Um. And uh, the first meeting of Johnson and Big Sue's here as well, which I realised but hadn't hadn't kind of realised it was here, but this is the first time that they meet. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's only uh episode or two later where we get the great scene with uh, 
Alan and Jeremy regarding Big Sue. Yeah, he clearly hadn't seen enough of her to want to offer actual cash yet. But I think that he's this is their first meeting and he's clearly you see him sort of look at her admiringly. Yeah. Um we got a great uh we got a great culinary for this episode from good old Donnie Taylor. Donnie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Hang on, let me get my uh notes. I saw this. Donnie, I hope your back is feeling better, buddy. Also, I have to say thank you to Donnie if you're listening to this because since we have not released sectioning at the time of this recording, he had not really worked on the culinary for this episode. And I messaged him at probably 10, 10 a.m. my time. And I was just like, oh, hey, man, we're going to be recording today. Can I get the culinary from you? And he was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were recording today. Let me whip something together. And he whipped this whole thing together in like 10 minutes. Oh, nice. Well, definitely a natural chef then. Yeah, so thank you for not being uh, a twat about it. <laughs> um, so for shrooming, let's just start off by sidelining the crisp and beans. God knows our last meal wasn't the most pleasant. So this time we have decided to take pity on our peep show culinary connoisseurs. Uh, instead tonight we're going to have pizza in the bath. Make your own pie and have fun with it. The one required topping to your pizza is mushrooms. You can use your favorite type of mushrooms in the shop or make it more exciting with magic mushrooms. Or you could do as I recommend, since you spent a fair bit of money on those expensive German biscuits to have as your appetizer. Save a few quid on the mushrooms and get them straight out of your own backyard, because, as you know, they're completely natural. <laughs> if, you've, uh, if you've instead sidelined the pizza in favor of crisp and beans, we'd best advise you to also have a cup of medicine tea to be sure that you'll wake up in three days completely cured of scurvy and rickets. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious. Um, so... Of course, we can't have an episode without our ha hands to 5K update. Yep. Going well. At this, yeah, at this point... Wow, why did I write 960 when we're at 940? That must have been maybe some sort of like... Maybe you think we needed 60,000, perhaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably... Yeah, that's what we'll go with. That's exactly what we'll go with. So we're at 941 followers right now, so... We didn't quite make our goal of getting to a thousand this week, but I, you know, not bad. I, I, yeah, it's not bad at all. And you know, again, we definitely appreciate everybody that's taken time to follow us on Twitter and listen to the show. Um, Facebook gave us a thirty dollar coupon to boost one of the posts from our from the uh, Facebook page, and so that's been fun. I've been enjoying watching how that's been doing. Um, Let's see. I just got a notification here. It has reached like a couple thousand people the last time I checked. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's reached 2,176 people. That's not And of those 2,176, 13 have clicked on oh, our webpage. That's not so good. But so, nevertheless, that's great. It's reached so many people. But, well, but, but, hold on, hold on it's it's fine it's fine i mean remember the post that we did was not one of our like hey everybody come listen to our post it was a post that was like <laughs> hey we fucking suck and we have technical issues and our podcast isn't going to be out on time yeah so that's true there was nothing to really look at so yeah was, yeah, yeah, yeah so, that's true yeah, yeah yeah so it was not our greatest post but it was the one that facebook decided to give us 30 dollars for so i figured fuck it like thank you facebook you know, thank you facebook so so far, each one of those clicks has cost us a buck fifty. Cool. Well, so. it's, it's really good, and we're definitely getting a lot of 
interaction and a lot of um, like every day on Twitter, people are interacting with our tweets and, you know, liking them and commenting on them and stuff. So that's great. Yeah, it's great. I, I love all of you guys that have taken time to, um, <clears throat> I love all you guys that have taken time to like our tweets and, you know, do everything with our tweets. And so, to yeah, honest, appreciate it. To see that interaction with other people fans because it's not a show you get to talk about very much. So it's just really good to have a space where you can be obsessed with it and it's mm -hmm. fine. And, you know, once again, I was talking about this to somebody yesterday that I, I had zero expectations for when this show first started. And like I said earlier in the show, I listened to one of the old episodes where we had 40 people listen to one of our episodes. And I remembered, I remember just being so elated that we had 40 people that like cared enough about what I had to say that they took time to listen to the show. And now we have 400 people and it, it's just, it's awesome. And I, again, really appreciate everybody who's taken time to listen to this. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, well, that's everything that I have. Next week's episode, as we mentioned earlier, is Sistering, where we meet Mark's sister. It's a very funny episode. Yeah, the first introduction of Sarah. Yeah, we get great interactions with Mark and Big Sue's. Um, this is a great, this is a very funny episode. I, I would say it's probably the weakest of the season three episodes so far. Yes, um, I would agree with that. But it's still a pretty funny one. Even the weakest yeah, episode yeah. of the is still, you know, fine compared to most shows. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I would like to just also mention this too. I talked to Laura about this. I have a friend who, who does a podcast and I tweeted a link to his show the other day. Um, who's going to come on and he watched shrooming. He's not really a peep show fan, but he is going to tell me what he thought about his, uh, about this episode. He sent me a Facebook message and he really enjoyed it. Um, it's just going to be a quick, like little 10, 15 minute thing. He has his own podcast that had a very funny episode where a mutual friend of ours who has lived in Japan for the last six years kind of just destroyed everybody's fantasies about what it's like to live in Japan. Yeah, I listened to that and I was like really upset because I've always fancied living there. My husband did a teacher abroad thing where he was uh, he did teach in English as a foreign language in Japan and he really loved it. And he was like, he I was telling him about it and he was like, oh yeah, some of that is true. So it burst my bubble completely. Yeah, it's, it's a very funny show. Um, it's... It's a very long show, so block out some time to listen to it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And you guys, uh, people obviously have too, because I have been creeping on his SoundCloud page, and it's been their best performing episode that oh, they've great. had. So yeah, I appreciate everybody taking time to give it a listen. And like I said, I'm going to be joined by Troy here as soon as this uh, closing music is over. So uh laura do you have anything else the only thing that i was going to add was that i i know i shared it with you on facebook yesterday was a video from bbc iplayer of daisy and charlie cooper who are who wrote and performed in oh this country and it's from fuck. a series that's on iplayer at the moment called comedians in cafes and i've not watched the whole episode yet but the clip is hilarious i think i, I think i've i know i'll share it on the facebook page and on twitter but it's well worth watching and I'm going to watch the actual series like to, to we're going to start oh watching it tonight God. so I'll let you know if it's any good but the clip was just amazing I was laughing so fucking hard because I didn't realize what it was at first I was like why the fuck is she sharing this with me and tagging <laughs> me and her husband in it like <laughs> what, what is this and then as soon as I realized who it was 
I was just like, okay, I'm suddenly very interested. And the story that she tells is so unbelievably funny. Like, I feel like it's fake, but it uh, even if it is fake, like, she tells it with such conviction that... Yeah, I'm sure it's not because she was laughing in such a way that... Yeah. It's like like when you're embarrassed that because it's like not to spoil the story, but it's about when she went for an audition to be an exotic dancer, but didn't really understand what that meant. <laughs> so it is it is so it's really good. Yeah, I was So oh yeah, I'll share it and uh, but it's well worth a watch. Yeah, I actually had it playing on my phone as I was leaving uh, not as I was leaving work, but I got into my car and I was like, "Oh, let me see what this video is." So I had it playing on my Bluetooth speaker or not uh, sorry, I had my phone connected to Bluetooth. And so it was playing the audio in my car and I was driving, listening to it. And I stopped by a McDonald's and I got to the part right where she's talking about like when she was dancing. And I was just like, uh, I'm probably going to pause this here because I don't want people to think I'm a crazy man. But if you like this country or if you just like comedy in general, highly recommend watching it because it is so goddamn funny. Yeah, it's really good. So yeah, I'm going to give the series a go. There was a series last year called, it was like Comedians in Pubs that was very funny. Um, and it was Ramesh Ranganathan, who is a stand-up comedian over here. And that was very good. So I think this is probably going to be funny as well. So I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, with that, this is the L Dude Brothers signing off. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. I am in loco parentis, I am the last remaining contestant on The Apprentice. I am the home trained dentist. Ay, 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 Hey guys, thank you for sticking around. Uh, like I said at the end of the show, I wanted to bring my friend Zeeg on here. He is he's a friend of mine that I've known for. What, what, like five years or so? Some, some years, man. It's been yeah, some, some years. Some time. But he does a great podcast, and I asked him to watch Shrooming and tell me what he thought of it. So uh, with that, I'm going to give the floor to Zeke and let him do his thing. Uh, all right. So I um, I am not very deep into the show, uh, much, much like my friend here. But... Um, just a little bit I've seen, uh, and just I said earlier, I do feel like it's already going to be um, one of my favorite shows. Uh, this is pretty easy not being on my podcast because I don't have to like break down the show or anything. I think <laughs> I think everybody already kind of knows what's uh, what's going on and everything. Oh but... shit! Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, if you guys don't want to hear potential defender spoilers, you like maybe jump ahead in, like a minute or so. Uh, real quick, before we get into shrooming, what did you think of Defenders? I know you're going to do your oh, own podcast. Man. <laughs> I know you're going to do your own podcast about that, but yeah. I just wanted to, you know, just get your opinion. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good, but not great. Um, I was happy it was only eight episodes. I don't know. What did you think? Um, I also was happy it was only eight episodes, mostly because, so it, it's really weird that I got into Defenders the way that I did and uh, loved it the way that I do. And I think it's because it's like, the thing that I finished because I kind of, I, I dropped a Luke Cage. I dropped Jessica Jones. I, I dropped Iron Fist. Um, I hadn't even started Daredevil cause that was the last one I got to. And at that point I'm like, I don't want to be disappointed anymore. But, um, honestly, uh, defenders is going to make me dig into that because the, uh, the directors for that are the Daredevil guys. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty cool how they were able to replicate the individual characters um, 
sort of sort of aura and feel in their individual scenes like it's it almost felt like you were watching four different shows when they were I, all separated i i 100 agree with you one thing that i really liked although i thought it was a little cheesy at times was how they would incorporate like the characters colors into their solo scenes so when like it was a luke cage scene there was like was a yellow, yellow. Yeah, that was cheesy but i guess i like that cheesy stuff because i thought that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah i mean you never had you never had any question on whose scene you were going into because when it would go into a jessica jones mm. it was blue when it was daredevil it was red and when it was mm -hmm. iron fist it was green and same, i same with the the soundtrack it kind of it did the exact same thing yeah like you knew yeah yeah you knew who scene you were gonna walk into yeah so thank you for letting us deviate and talk about defenders but yeah i really enjoyed it and like i said it was good but not great i'm interested to kind of see where the marvel netflix series go from here though um if you haven't watched defenders we are both signing off on it uh zeke is going to be doing a much more in-depth spoiler cast of defenders which I mean, I'm not saying that I want to be on it or anything, but uh, you know, if, if, if you would like to be a part of that, I would be more than happy to uh, to have you on for the spoiler cast. I would love to be a part of the spoiler yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah, we can we can arrange that. All right. See, this is the real reason I want to get you yeah, on was to strong yeah. arm you into getting me on the spoiler <laughs> cast. Uh, you didn't even have to do that, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to do that at all. All right. So, what did you think of Peep Show season three episode? shrooming i think it's three yeah season three episode uh, season three. three episode three you are absolutely correct um man so this uh this episode really just erratically on the scale shows you both of these characters like um i've, I've watched a, sh a show similar to this called flight of the concords and, okay and it's almost beat for beat um the same thing two foreign guys uh, just trying to etch out this live-in. One's kind of uh, soft-hearted and kind of, you know, lets things happen to him. The other's just a jerk-off that just kind of does what he wants to get the things that he wants, da-da-da. And, man, you really um, see that. I am blanking on the characters' names right now because I'm listening Mark and silently. Jeremy. Mark and Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Mark is Mark is the uh, one who is sick, and Jeremy is the yeah, one who has the yeah. mushroom sex party. Uh, Jeremy, man, what... what? what a monster <laughs> oh dude i know like i thought and 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 it just continued to escalate just in these in these nonchalant ways just yeah just very passively dude, i'm just close this locker you know <laughs> like <laughs> these these large and that's honestly what i love about the whole show um is how it takes some of these uh like relatively big giant things and almost just uh like blase blah just almost sort of just rolls over him yeah i really enjoy the part where he's like oh maybe i could maybe it's a poisoning but it's like a white poisoning <laughs> poison him a little <laughs> yeah i'll poison him a little that's a white poisoning he'll just sleep for three days and wake up feeling fine <laughs> uh oh yeah my, my favorite line the hope so is like i could rape him right now I'm not gonna rape him. <laughs> but i could but i could <laughs> I know oh, that, that line is so fucking dark, and <laughs> I and again you... the way it was delivered, just so like which which I guess is the 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 aesthetic of the show, uh, like uh, putting you into the shoes almost of the characters. So like it makes sense for the context of the show, but yeah, man, that line like 
it's a it's a fucking yeah it's a it's a fucking dark ass uh some there's some really dark lines like that in the series and uh i think one of the things that i really like is when you're seeing since you're everything is from the first person view you like really really get into the uh the characters heads and yeah. uh, that really cracks me up i i'd love that um and they, there was a show a long time ago that i seen that kind of did that and i can't remember the name of it it was never really popular um but i'm glad i found this show that does that also because yeah it does really um make you feel intimate with the characters yes and like really make you feel like you're experiencing <laughs> like when <laughs> when uh uh uh, uh marks finally gets out gets out of the room and uh and uh just start shitting and you're and you're, and you're and you're looking you're looking in the room through jeremy's eye and you're looking as all the other characters are coming in just being like what the fuck is going on like it's it's so real it's so uh, real one of my favorite things in that scene is when super hands just walks over and he's like oh so this is what you guys are into now <laughs> that oh my god that guy i would destroy him <laughs> Oh, super hands? Yeah. Oh man. Jesus. He I he does not have the best light in this episode what with like kicking the door off the hinges. Mm-hmm. Um and actually you didn't you didn't hear this part yet, but uh cuz it hasn't, you know, you haven't listened to the episode yet, but mm-hmm. the actor that plays Super Hands, his name is Matt King and I I sent a DM to Matt King asking him if he was able to kick the door off in one take. How many takes do you think it took him to kick the door off the hinge? Dude, I'm that's that's a man right there. I'm gonna say one. He one took that motherfucker one, and then just yeah, kept that's, acting. That's a goddamn <laughs> man right there. I know. <laughs> Ain't getting stopped by no doors. I know. Fuck doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, that um that uh female actor that oh, uh Jeremy's trying to trying news. to bang that yeah oh, wow. They, yeah. they pretty her up in this episode. Do you, do you know who? Do you know what her name is on the outside? No. She is Lady Frederick of Windsor. She is legit royalty. Lady Frederick. What? Really? Yeah. Are you googling her right now? Uh, I could super do that right now. Oh, her her fucking husband. Her her actual name is Sophie Winkleman, but her husband is Lord Frederick Windsor. It and super popped up like the first thing in Google. <laughs> I know. He fucking is punching above his weight, I'll tell you what. Oh boy, you couldn't have said that better. You could not have said that better. That is a charming woman. Oh, she's great. Uh, Big Suze is one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite female characters in the series because she just. She's so fucking posh and she's very smart despite the fact that she kind of comes off sounding kind of stupid mm-hmm. um but yeah she's very smart and she's very like she knows what's going on i love those characters I, I really love those characters i do too i just have that uh that that dummy like air about them mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite parts is when jeremy is in the cafe and she's like i don't know mushrooms that sounds a bit scary <laughs> and she just sounds so fucking like posh in that scene i love it Oh my God! The uh, the the two bits of uh, man, the, the the two bits of dialogue Jeremy had when he was just like going into that rant about about the shrooms, like the one time when he's explaining it to Mark, and uh, and then when he's talking to Big Sue's about it or whatnot. It was like, 
some I feel that somebody did not sit down and like put this pen to paper. <laughs> like that's just how natural it felt coming out of it. Like I I feel like I could have sat down with people and have overheard this conversation like really happening. Yeah. Um oh, I've I never... got the poop bag. <laughs> I I've never done I've never done shrooms and I you know I don't want I don't want to talk about anything that like you know we might get in trouble for so yeah. we'll we'll talk about in theoretically uh do you know anybody that has done shrooms um I indeed uh, know some people that have done shrooms was was the shroom party like at all accurate to what shrooms are actually like no nah, man um honestly I I think I think it would just be dependent upon the person. Like you can, you can just have people uh, uh, just be chill or whatever. But then you can also have people uh, locking, you know, people in, inside of rooms. <laughs> they, they they get crazy. I guess I don't know. You can never really know what to expect. Yeah, and they don't actually act like they're on drugs. Like that was one thing that I I really noticed the second time around is that, you know, because they when they walk out of the apartment. They have been apparent, allegedly taking copious amounts of shrooms, mm -hmm. but none of them at all are acting like they are, you know, tripping maybe balls or anything. It was a hard thing for them to replicate. I don't know. Maybe in the in the whole, as a whole, it wasn't that important of a thing. I'm sure. For, yeah. for the for the writers, but it was just like hell. It was a good. It was it was a good excuse to lock Mark in a room, yeah. and, and have him talk about how he doesn't want to shit near his books. <laughs> or we can, we can throw the poop bag out the window. <laughs> I really, uh, yeah, that part really cracks me up. It's like he's talking about like even if my even if I achieve all this good stuff in my life, I will never be able to look at my kids in the face because <laughs> I will have pooped in a bag. <laughs> it's it, oh god, the dialogue in the show is so so good, so good. So, have you watched any of the other episodes of the series? I um am a about halfway through season one i want to say have you watched on the pole where mark goes bowling with the 16 year old goth girl yeah oh man i that was the last episode actually i watched um, i fucking love that episode i do too i do too it's uh man i can't really put my thumb on just the, 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 the i can't find the word how just everything kind of wraps together in this weird in this weird little knot from like all these different people trying to do these different things and then now jeremy's boning this girl when he was out when that's what he was trying to do and then it went yeah. back i can't even explain it, it was it was just a weird flip-flop of events yeah it's it, it, the one thing that i really love about that episode in general is that <clears throat> in most of the episodes it's jeremy who's the one that's like really suave with the chicks and mm -hmm. mark who's the one who's kind of trying to catch his sloppy seconds mm -hmm. but in this episode it is they're like completely role reversed from the yeah. point where mark is like hey i'm going bowling and jeremy's like hey, oh yeah if... I'm, I'm gonna bring a girl along or yeah, yeah. like if, if you want to man if you think that's gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um do you think you're gonna want i i mean and granted this is a peep show podcast but i don't want you to feel compelled to say yes but do you think you're gonna watch the whole series uh, I definitely think I do. Now, I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody else. I got a fat list. I got a big old <laughs> fat list. And and it's been sitting, and it's been angry, and it's been staring at me. 
And so I'm, uh, I'm just working through some things. But uh, actually, it's pretty cool that all the uh, episodes are like neatly in order on YouTube. So it makes it really easy to watch. And that's one of the things that sort of makes me move stuff up on the list is the, the ease of watching it. All the episodes being on YouTube has turned into a blessing in disguise. So full disclosure, I still subscribe to Hulu because, you know, uh, oh, and I'm that's where I watch stuff too, man. I got, I no. got my Netflix, my Crunchy. I got. Hey, you give the man his money. We at the Thrifty Nickel do not endo- we do not endorse theft, <laughs> but, but we do endorse borrowing things from friends. Yes, exactly. I will say that. Um, but yeah, all the episodes being on YouTube has turned into a great, great blessing because it is so easy to download the episodes as an MP3 and then mm-hmm. I can just cut the mm-hmm. audio into the episodes where if I was having to record the audio off of Hulu, I'm not even sure I'm not even sure how I would begin to start doing that. That would be really you would have to you would have to get like a program and then record the desktop and then turn it on and then go into an edit. It would be a lot. It'd be a lot, as opposed to now where I just go to YouTube Downloader, hit the URL, download it as a wave, and then mm-hmm. throw it in Audacity and cut out like the four or five chunks that I need. Easy. Done. Done deal, motherfucker. S- smooth. Yeah. So let's. Uh, so I really appreciate you coming on to talk about Peep Shows. So let's hear a little bit about your podcast. Oh boy, I get to talk about this. Um, <laughs> so uh, the Thrifty Nagel Podcast, we are, uh, as I like to call it, a geek uh, pop culture podcast, and we essentially talk about um, everything nerdy, video games, anime, manga, uh, books, music, movies, television shows, uh, poems, um, really, really whatever suits our fancy and we want to uh, niggle on about. But um, for the most part, it's uh, it's a lot of video game stuff since we talk about a lot of video game news and um, what video games are coming out, and uh, we really we really like fighting games over there. So uh, we talk a lot about the um, the FGC or the fighting game community and all the top pros. And man, if uh, if any of you guys are fans of wrestling, like start start checking out esports. Start checking out esports and find uh, a, a player that you like, a pro that you like, and just start following them because it's just wrestling. They do like promos. They get in each other's face. Um, <laughs> um, the, the salt when when players get salty at the end of tournaments, it's the best. It's the best. Like like I mean, dudes d- throwing their shirt off, just like <laughs> I'm I'm gonna physically punch you because you killed my Jigglypuff. Like it, it's it's crazy. It's it's really good stuff. But um. Yeah, just a, just a lot of that. We uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we do let's plays and um, also some other things. We uh, me and my partner's been discussing maybe doing some reviews or doing some other stuff. Uh, maybe a skit. I'm not gonna promise that, but I've really got... enjoyed the uh, Attack on Titan um, let's plays that you've been doing. Uh, thank you so much. Those have been so hard with uh, it's recording computer games. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just a pain, and I and I don't know why. We we experience every, um, as we like to call it, technical difficulty <laughs> that that there is to experience over there. So, um, it's it's been real rough putting that together. But I'm I'm super glad you've been enjoying it. What what system is that Attack on Titan game on? Is it on the PC? Yeah, it's on Steam. 
Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also, um, and, and this just got announced like two days ago. The second game is coming out. You heard it right there, folks. Bandai Namco just announced the new Thrifty Niggle LP in the future. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I think you. I think you posted something that on on uh, your Facebook page, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which I is the Thrifty Niggle? If 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 you guys would like to uh, go check that out. What's your Twitter handle? Our Twitter um, is if you <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> if you want to follow me, uh, I am Lord Lightskin, uh, and my partner is Bad Panda eighty seven. And you can you can follow us. We we just repost dumb memes for the most part. Hey, that's pretty much what our Twitter page is, except it's all peep show memes. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I need to follow that. I need to go in there and follow that. I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> do that live on air. <laughs> uh let's see here. So yeah, well I definitely appreciate you coming on. Thank you for you know, taking some time out of your schedule to you know, watch the episode. I know, like you said, your list is uh, your list is thick at the moment. So, I appreciate you taking twenty five minutes out of your life to uh, watch one of my favorite episodes of the series. So, nah, thank you. Man, it was an absolute pleasure, and um, and I would love if you would have me on for future uh, episodes to, to to talk about stuff because I, I I definitely will get through this. I'm really enjoying it. I really want you to watch people just do no- uh, people do nothing because I. As much as I th- you're into Peep Show, mm-hmm. I really think that you would be into this show because it's all about it's about UK hip hop. UK hip hop sold. <laughs> yeah, it's about a it's about basically a rap crew that runs a pirate radio station. Okay. And the, yeah, it's that's it's a, great. Sounds like, I, I like that. Yeah, I like season, that concept already. Yeah, season four just. Uh, uh, series four just started and it is super short i think it is only i think they're only like three or four episodes per series oh my god why are the british shows always so short you know uh, laura didn't tell me this but i actually have discovered this because a lot of times they're written by the same crew mm-hmm. and so you know with like american shows you know they'll have you know like for example like seinfeld mm-hmm. there was a lot of episodes that were written by larry david but there was also you know, probably about nine to ten writers for Seinfeld, so each season could have twenty some odd episodes, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in UK series, they tend to have the same writing crew for every episode. Like Armstrong and Bane wrote fifty, or uh, hold on, let me think here. Uh, they wrote fifty-one of the fifty-four episodes of Peep Show, and wow. so, so they basically have these short series so that the writers can stay fresh and that the show stays fresh and doesn't overstay its welcome. I mean, and that's, and that at all is, um, not a complaint. Like I, uh, Oh boy, I'm about to be wrong on the internet. Like I usually am. Um, I believe (laughs) black mirror is a, is a British television show and, uh, and it's pretty short, but boy, I, I love that it's short. I'm loving it honestly. And, uh, in this day and age where things kind of overstay their welcome, I am enjoying, like you said with the defenders, I am enjoying these, uh, shorter shows that can just, just wrap up the story, you know, Yep. wrap it up, keep it good. Keep it clean. Yep. I mean, that's honestly my complaint with all the Marvel Netflix shows up to this point. And like I said, I have really liked all of them. 13 with 13 episodes, they inevitably have a little bit of drift in the middle where there's, 
kind of like extraneous shit happening that doesn't really impact the main plot. And that's normally where I get lost in the shows and I'm just like, ah, come on, something happened. Like, honestly, Iron Fist was terrible, but I think Iron Fist would have been a lot better if it would have been eight episodes because there was a lot of shit in Iron Fist that they could have cut out that would have kept the show moving along just at the same pace. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I guess all the Marvel shows do do that. I, um, I'm super glad they didn't get the choreographer, like the fight choreographer from Iron Fist, because like you would think that show out of the four would have the best like fight scenes. Oh, and it, that's ooh, what I was waiting for. Ooh, oh boy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Like, like very obvious string work going on. And it, it, it's bad. I remember the first time I watched Daredevil, I was, you know, I was not really a huge Daredevil fan. I knew the character, thought he was okay. Mm-hmm. But in Daredevil season one, I cannot remember if it's like the second, it's like the second or third episode. There is a, the hallway fight that's all shot in one take. See, I need to watch. I hear a lot about that. Oh, I, see, I see that online a lot, the hallway fight. Yeah, he just... The camera, there's a hallway, and it has, I think it has, like, six, seven rooms in it. Mm -hmm. And it's basically him, like, just going room to room, just beating the shit out of people. (laughs) But you don't ever really see, like, what's going on in the rooms, because the camera is just in the hallway. But you'll see people come, like, flying out through the door, and, um, like, he'll come out in the hallway and just start beating the shit out of them. It's awesome. All right, well, Zeke, I definitely appreciate you coming on, man, and... uh, Hopefully I will, well, not hopefully, I will have this episode up on Thursday the 25th. Oh, shit, today, Thursday the 24th. Um, since we had some bunch of technical issues last last week, we're just kind of doing a two-episode shot this week. But, oh, that's cool. That, yeah. that is awful nice of you guys, because when we miss weeks, we're just like, ah, I'll see you next week, bye. <laughs> well honestly if we hadn't already missed a week when i went on vacation i think i would have been much more inclined to like miss a week yeah but we had already missed a week and then we recorded and then um half of laura's um audio was completely unusable so then we had to and since she lives in england she's six hours ahead of us so it's very hard to coordinate a recording sesh with her so then we had to wait till the weekend and then we ended up doing it on like a Thursday morning, and then we got back together like three days later to record shrooming. So it was kind of a it was kind of an intense turnaround for what we usually do. Oh, it sounds like work. Oh, bro, that's why I quit playing World of Warcraft, man. Got to <laughs> got to devote my time to the podcast and I understand. I understand you, and I'm in such a weird position with that because part of my podcast is to do those things. So it's 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 a, it's a weird way I got to use my time. Yeah, I uh, man, I'm I'm just gonna be honest here. I fucking really <sighs> enjoy your podcast, and uh, I really hope that you get. I'm not saying that like my podcast is like king shit of fuck mountain, but <laughs> I I really hope you. Uh, I I really hope you know some of our listeners kind of come over and give you guys a shot because I really enjoyed the episode you did with Scott. I thought that was great. Thank you. Um, thank you. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm really hoping for the same thing, but, um, no, nah, you should, uh, your, your, your podcast is, is king shit, man. You fucking you, like, you're doing it right now. You're, you're hitting the, you're, the milestones. I'm hoping to achieve someday. It, you know, it was, 
uh, this is going way longer than I thought. But you know, it's <laughs> it's fun to talk about some. It's fun to talk about this with somebody else that actually does it. But you know, it was it was weird, man, because you know when we first started doing this podcast. I remember we had like 40 listens on an episode in one week and yeah. I just remember calling my partner and I was like, dude, 40 fucking people have listened to our podcast this week. Like, can you believe that? And he yeah. was like, he was like, what? 40? Now, now I'm getting like, now, I, I mean, the episode that sectioning that's been out for two days is at like four thirty something, I believe. No, no, two thirty, two thirty, two thirty something. Yeah, two thirty. But you know, that's a hundred and that's you know a triple. We're getting triple in a day what we were doing in a week, and it's really been a it, honestly a lot of it is thanks to my new partner Laura, mm -hmm. who is just fucking relentless on Twitter and just I mean she you know when she took over our twitter account we were at like 30 followers maybe yeah we're we just broke a thousand today yeah, i saw that congratulations and and she took over our twitter account like six weeks ago wow wow what dude i seriously thought that was like way longer ago than that you've been accumulating no, man, I mean, because Matt King, so Superhands, Matt King tweeted about our show on, like, I think it was July 3rd or July 4th, and we picked up, we picked up about, so he tweeted about our show three times, mm. but the initial time was kind of under the radar a little bit, um, but the second time, and, and a lot of the Matt King stuff is all really thanks to Laura, because she was just so relentless in tweeting him, and, um, so yeah, I mean she, yeah, I mean, we we went from a hundred Twitter followers to a thousand in like six seven weeks, and it's been just you know, it like when I look at some of the play counts on our episodes, like our first episode seven hundred and thirty two, like yeah. motherfuck man, yeah. I never even thought that was going to be possible, you know, and so. that's and that's just so amazing, like a uh, um. I do like talking to uh, my friends that do this stuff too, and it's uh, it's really awesome just to see somebody like really, really getting out there and getting those those hundreds of listens, and you know it's 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 just cool because like it's uh it's it's something we 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 do for the most part almost as a hobby, um, yeah, and it's just something we enjoy doing. So like yeah, it's really cool that you have like. 400 500 people that'll sit down and like listen to this like oh dude, it's <laughs> it's and that that's just on soundcloud so that's not even taking into account like fucking itunes yeah. and google play and i mean it's not it, like those listens on soundcloud are not even taking that into into account because i mean yeah i mean when you think about like itunes our rss feed in the last week has had 160 hits in the last week man so yeah i mean it's i'm such a whore for looking at the stats on soundcloud <laughs> i'm the same way i understand so all right man will i appreciate you uh joining us and thank you for having me on it was an absolute pleasure i'm sorry i took up so much time here no bro it's fine it's fine i like i said our 
we have had way longer episodes than this, so. Right. And I'll probably edit this down just a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. It's just been it's been a long week. Our uh, our podcast this week has been long. It's been a long podcast week. That's all. <laughs> all right, man. You take it easy. Have a good one. Same to you. <laughs>